Oh, but you see, they released the trailer after we'd already recorded the episode. (laughs) And that's my failsafe. That right there was my failsafe because um, who knows what it'll be this week? We're recording. We're recording this on the eighth of November, and today the Spider-Man No Way Home, a first official post. I'm like. Yeah, surely yeah, it's not yeah. the first and it is the it one is. that I thought was a poster was the Empire magazine cover yeah and it's like oh my god you're right this is the first official poster first official poster's out it's still like we know that you know some shit but we're not giving you anything except a, except a Defoe confirmation like we already showed you a pumpkin bomb there he is flying away up in the background can't deny got a little geeky chub can't deny what, and, a lightning, and a lightning strike lightning strike and sandstorm in the background Ooh. and have you seen the face in the bottom corner no is it like the face on Mars oh. um, uh, it well face. it's well it it, hmm, it seems very deliberate so at the bottom of the poster hi everybody big damn cast no, uh, we've got no. like all these sparks and stuff at the bottom yeah like uh, digitally kind of uh, la la motion uh. blur and then you've got that that's not a face mate that's just artifacting Mm. That's not a face, mate. Mm. It's not a face. Mm. It seems to me like one of those smug, they'll catch it afterwards sort of like things to sort of go, there's actually, there's a fifth person. That's that's what you would call it. That's the... um, It's Mephisto, obviously. Everything's Mephisto. Mephisto. It's it's that thing (laughs) that humans do where they they, they see patterns in things that aren't We were talking about, Lucy and I were talking about this the other night. How amazing it is. We were looking at the curtains in the bedroom and the top of the rail looked like a perfect like profile, chin, lips, of nose, and bridge of um. <laughs> But isn't it weird how the human brain does Because half your There's brain... What's the word for it? What's the word for it? Uh, big damn cast, I think. No, weird big damn cast. Half your brain, half your brain does it to... Um, uh, Paradoilia. Paradoilia. Half your brain does it to reassure you that the mysterious shape... Don't worry, it's probably a person. Which should make you feel safe, but then the Doesn't right it? half of your brain goes, "Wait, there's a person in my room behind my door," and it, it's such a weird survival mechanism that fecks with you. It's so strange. Um, but yeah, there is that. Anyway, hi, I'm Chris. Why didn't you stop Thanos or get involved in any world wars, Johnson? And I am inside the Earth waiting to be born. You are like. Who knew we were going to watch a Kill the Moon sequel this Who week? knew? Who, Who knew? knew? Or Dared to Dream. Oh, speaking of Kill the Moon, I, did you get the trailer for Moonfall? No, but hit me up with that in just a second. Tra- trailer is a segue, uh, and we'll do that, oh, and then we'll do the email. Right, so, so, so Spider-Man trailer might have come out by the time this comes out. If we're not talking about it, don't fucking worry about it. We'll talk about it next time. Um, reports as of today say that the trailer is coming out either today or tomorrow or on the 11th. I'm not waiting around for this bullshit. Like, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. But Matt saw the trailer for Moonfall, apparently. This is the... Is it Roland Emmerich? It is Roland Emmerich. Of course it's fucking Roland Emmerich. This is a, oh, the moon's out of whack and it's going to crash into the Earth film. Well, also the moon is also some kind of weird ship that's full of, like, nanite. Oh, he's doing aliens as well. Thing. Okay. All right. So it's, we're, getting, we're getting 2012 and Independence Day Roland Emmerich here. Yeah. Roland like, Emmerich into one. It's like moon moon falling into Earth and also the moon is a hollow spaceship weapon thing. 
And also, Patrick Wilson is in it, doing his Patrick Wilson thing. I like Patrick Wilson. I so love I'm Patrick Wilson. For that. Yeah. Um, what's him call it from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Um, Narrow it down. Uh, John Bradley. Which one's that the one? fat one. Which one? Oh, I've never been in a fight. Oh, him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we're inside the moon. That's the, that's the best sentence I've ever heard. Uh, is that trailer in the a line in the trailer? That's a line in the trailer. That's insane. Yeah, um, he's it, apparently lovely. He used to he used to go to the. I have no doubt the, the cinema that our better halves worked at. Um, a couple I have times. no doubt. He's Lucy encountered him and said he was bloody lovely. Um, and it's here nice we are, not him. remembering his character's name, but just calling him one of the fat ones from Game of Thrones. Sam, was that his name? I always thought that was a pet name for him because it was no. like a Samwise Gamgee kind of thing to to um, Kit Harrington Samuel Frodo. Tally. See, that even sounds like Samwell or Samwise Gamgee. Exactly. <clears throat> Bloody hell! We'll be getting back to Kit Harrington as well. We uh, Moonfall. Is that your most anticipated movie of twenty twenty two so be, far? You know, it looks fucking stupid. Did this one? This one was meant to come out a while back, right? Probably. Yeah. Then it got caught in a video um, for streaming. Let's see if I can find a proper synopsis of it because um, Halle Berry's in it. Halle Berry is in it. Tall guess. Is Jared Butler involved? No, no, you're thinking of Geo stuff. Oh shit, yes! Which I have seen. Which is what? A similar premise or uh, That no. one is that one is basically a tornado full of lightning and also rain is Geostorm All is, the bad weather's teamed up or something. Geostorm is um <laughs> I hate and in case you can't tell, I hate end of the world movies that are just like disaster films. I think they're so so boring. Geostorm is, oh, we built a satellite that controls the weather on Earth, but someone's hijacked and they're building a big storm. Oh, God. But he's also in Greenland. Right. And? Oh, no, that's just where he is. No, no. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, Greenland is an, it's an Amazon original. It's him and Marina Baccarin. And he's like... Oh, yeah, they learn that there's like a safe haven... Because the, tra- the, the trailer's thing, marketed yeah. it as like there is a place where you will be. Wait, hang on. Is that called Greenland? Yeah, that's a different movie. It's also an end of the world scenario with Jared Butler in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Has Jared Damn Butler? Butler. Has Jared Butler ever been in a movie that has remained a movie people say is a good film? Here we go. Uh, no. I know people love 300. I enjoyed 300, but fuck me. 300 is riddled with really weird race problems. Oh, There yeah. is some horrid shit in there. Um, oh, here we go, here we go. Very um, evocative of most of Zack Snyder's work. This is the plot summary for Moonfall. Here we go. Moonfall! In, out in February? Uh, fuck knows. In Moonfall, <laughs> a mysterious force... Uh, February 4th, 2022. Uh, in Moonfall, <laughs> a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler is convinced she has the key to saving us all. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and conspiracy theorist Casey Hausman, Patrick Wilson and, and John Bradley, respectively, <laughs> uh, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space. <laughs> leaving behind everyone they love only to find out that our moon is not what we think it is. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by successful box office. February! Look at this um, trailer, mate. Live trailer watch, mate. I've, I've seen the trailer. Oh, right. I've seen the trailer. I've not seen it on the big screen. Yeah. I've not seen it on the big squen. 
Um, I have not seen it recently enough to remember that it was a thing until you mentioned it just yeah. there. Goo coming out of the moon, isn't it? Goo coming out of the moon. But before we get into our main topics of Doctor Who and Eternals, uh, we talked about a trailer last week. We talked about Lightyear. Apparently in the old inbox, someone's got an opinion on a Lightyear. Someone's got an opinion on a Lightyear. Just, just so you know, uh, who is it? Is it Sean? Someone comes in from Sean. Hey, Sean. Just so you know, Sean, um, whatever your opinion is, if it is far too passionate, we will be judging you because it is a kid's film. All right, lads. Says the two men who spent 20 minutes talking about Lightyear last week. Yeah, right, Sean. Move on, mate. I, 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 right, I, 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 Sean, good, good to see you. Nice to see uh, you, Sean. I was thinking about Lightyear and it's placed in the Toy Story universe. <laughs> you Here both thought it like Here I go. did. Here Let's we go. go. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Are you all right? You sort of balled up then, like, oh, Jesus. What if Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is a show similar to what Andy watched and what the toy and the video game in Toy Story 2 are based on, and the new Lightyear film is a modern reboot of the franchise, and at the end of the film you can have the toys watching and having their remarks on the film? I think we jokingly predicted that when the film was first announced, like a year or so ago. Because it was was last year's Disney... um, Disney Plus event or whatever, wasn't it? it? Was one of the I think it was when it was announced that this is happening. Here's, Plus here's, the, here's the teaser image. That's another thing that's coming out after we've recorded. We'll talk about it next week. Um, oh, Book of Boba Fett trailer came out that we didn't talk about. Look good. It looks like it looks good. It next, looks <laughs> very, it looks very Mandalorian light. Yeah, it looks like Boba Fett. Where? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there in the trailer. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I'm glad um, he's keeping his like black skirt and robe look. I think that's a really cool look for like separating the eras of of him. Um, I'm pretty sure we joked about that when we very first touched on Lightyear that like the film will end and cut to the toys watching it on cable or something and be like that was fun, but yeah, I'll, I'll buy it if we if we're going by the idea that Lightyear Star Command is the cartoon spin-off and this is in universe the modern movie made using the property. Sure, why not? Fine. The Saban's Power Rangers, uh, to yeah. the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I still. I still good maintain that, film, that was a really good movie. Some, I don't know if it's a really good movie, but there's some good shit in there. Not, not, not bad enough that the existence of no continued franchise is justifiable. There should have been more. Chris. Yes. When are you going to watch Dune? Uh, probably, probably, probably when it comes out on home media at this rate or or rental, because um. Where I am in terms of what time I've got left for panto rehearsal start, unless I can fit the how long is June three, three hours? hours, unless I can fit that in on an off day or bef- after rehearsals one night, probably not seeing it anytime soon. You dead to me. I want to talk about June. I mean, so I, have, goes I, have, say- I did read the book as a kid, so <laughs> I'm not. You're not going to ruin too much of the events. No, I'm for just me. saying. Um, oh no, we did talk about it, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Spoiler free. I, know, I just want to talk about it more. Um, also, <laughs> is that in Sean's email? No. How the um, hell did June come in? Because I just thought, we haven't done spoilers on June, but then we have. It's just that you haven't seen it. Um, it's really also, weird. It's really weird that we're at a position now, compared to a year, year and a half ago, where we actually have too much new movie content to talk about. Yeah. This is weird. It's weird. This is really it's weird. weird. Uh, Sean doesn't say, also, I'd like to recommend the Disney Plus show called Only Murders in the Building! Ah, starring it's Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Yeah, Steve Short and Selena. Uh, it's a fun mystery comedy you literally says it's a fun mystery comedy star- show starring Steve Martin Martin Short and Selena Gomez it's also um, uh, the idea was conceived by Steve Martin as well yes 
it's about these three people becoming friends because they all listen to the same true crime podcast and decide to start their own true crime podcast and investigate a murder that's happened in their building. The mystery unravels in an interesting way that kept me engaged, but the first most fun is the characters bouncing off each other as they all become closer friends. That sounds like a sex comedy. Um, <laughs> characters bouncing off each other. Can you imagine Steve Martin and Martin Short bouncing off each other, sweat dripping down their naked old backs. Ah, you found my old family. Hey! No, what I love about it is a review I saw of it, this one that me and Lucy want to binge, but I think we've decided we're going to do it in the new year when I'm back home. Is uh, one, one amazing description I saw. I have to. I was contracted. And also, I'd like to be able to eat. Mm. Um, uh, one of the best descriptions I saw of Only Murders in the Building was that it's like all three central characters are the central character of a completely different genre of show. Fabulous. And and the, the, the fun of it comes from the fact that they really shouldn't be sharing the same space. Um, which is such a fun idea, because it's like, yeah, but Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, they're they're dripping, oozing with chemistry. They have been for decades. It's like, yeah, but one of them feels like they're in this type of comedy show. One of them feels like they're in this type of comedy show. And Selena Gomez feels like she's sort of the outside element who's in a different comedy show who's been brought into it. And and they all work really well together. So I do want to watch it. Is Martin short? The question is, is Justin Long? (laughs) Um, Is Deep Roy? <laughs> How deep is Roy? Yeah. How um, deep is your Roy? Is your Roy? How deep is your Roy? Hey Matt, I really need to know. Hey Matt, deep Roy was in Doctor Who once. He was. Segway. So, um, Doctor Who flux continued this week with episode two, War of the Sontarin. My hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest, deepest royest. Oh right. <laughs> deepest. Oh god. <laughs> Fuck me. That was a callback to the Meg it's, episode. It's Deep Roy all the time now from here on as we talk about <laughs> War of the Sontarans, which does not criminally star Deep Roy. Um, is, Deep, is, Deep, is Deep Roy still with us? Fuck, I've got to Google it. I've got to Google it. Deep Roy is Deep dead? Roy still <laughs> Deep Roy dead? Question <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with us? You know those Google adverts at the minute where it's like, is it okay to say this? And like, do you know, the, the one, there's, there's the version where people are asking each other, you know, they're yep. Googling for the social situation. And there's the other version where it's like, they've hired comedians and DJs and they're sort of like asking each, each other about like, do you think this about, you know, women or do you think this about mm. like, you know, uh, and it's, those adverts are not reminiscent of what we all actually use Google for. Let's be honest. It should just be someone sat there going, that Oompa Loompa fella. Yeah. Is he around? Deep Roy dead? Question mark. Like, that'd be the advert. That'd, that'd be amazing. He is still alive. He's 72 years old. Christ. He's still listed as active, but hasn't worked on... Oh, no. It was a Oompa Loompa in a 2021 music video. Oh, for, so, he's, so he's made a cameo. For a ten cow. So he's made a cameo, he's made a cameo reprising his role as the Oompa Loompas yeah. from the 2005 Tim Burton Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. But his last... His last he uh, put in the work on that film. Yeah, he did. He's the only person I came away from that film going, I think better of you for having been in this because you did so much hard work. Everyone else, I'm like, I'm disappointed in all of you for being in this and making this. Yeah. And putting this together. But you, Deep Roy, you earned a sandwich. He... <laughs> I'm a sandwich, Roy. Um, Star Trek... <laughs> I'm a sandwich, Roy! Yes, he was in Star Trek 2009. He's Simon... And, and, and um, well, that, he was that in the was second his, one, his too. His last sort of big movie role was um, in Star Beyond. Trek Beyond. 
Wow. Uh, and then God came round, which is a short he's... film, which is 2017. Yeah, he's got he's got his um he's got his uh, like assistant, his mechanic, his little yeah. alien guy. Yeah, his little alien friend. That I mean, that's demanding to be in your 60s and heavy prosthetics. Mm. You know, he obviously loves doing what he's doing, or, or or is very grateful for the opportunity to still play out and stuff. And he's like, yeah, sod it, I'm doing it. Let's or, go. Go eat. Gambled a lot. Um, or really likes being paid in sandwiches. Really likes sandwiches. Deep Roy loves sandwiches. This is Deep Roy loves the... sandwiches. This is our review of War of the Sunsets. <laughs> We're recording this the day Go after it broadcast. Roy, we are going to talk spoilers. Uh, if you're like, I'm not seeing it yet. That's it's been a week. It's on BBC iPlayer. Pay your TV license. Go watch it. Um, not seen it yet. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, pay TV license. But disclaimer: BBC sort your fucking transphobic shit out. Anyway. Uh... Um, anyway, uh, we're not advocating. We're not. We're not advocating piracy. But we are saying that there are ways to watch it if you want to make a point. Um, you only so... ask you a question. And it gives you a yes or no answer. S- say yes. <laughs> Ray, when somebody asks you if you're a god. <laughs> You say yes. This makes it sound like we want to avoid talking about Doctor Who Flux episode two. I don't two, want to avoid talking about Doctor Who Flux episode Cause, two. Cause I'm last just we- in a mood. Famously, last week, <laughs> our response was both kind of... This was a bit of a fucking mess, wasn't it? Yeah. Episode two? I really liked it. I didn't really like it. I quite liked it. I, I, really, I didn't love it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty pretty damn fun. For me, once it got going, I was, I was, I was like... This is fun. Who? This is fun. Who? Like the first ten fifty, first ten fifty minutes was like, what are you doing with this? Where's this yeah. going? Well, no, but then no. once it settled in, I was like, okay. I feel like the least interesting stuff to me is, and you know, weirdly, which is kind of disappointing because this is clearly going to be the shape of the season. Yeah. The least interesting stuff to me is the swarm and is your stuff. Okay. I just don't oh. really give a flying fuck. Um, yeah, we kind of need a hint as to what the end game is. Yeah. For us to feel like there are stakes, because at the minute the only stake is, oh, they're very powerful. Oh, they're very powerful, and they know the doctor, but we don't. Yeah, there's not enough sort of the 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 mystery is taking too long to be revealed for me to give a shit about the mystery being revealed. Um, so like, it ends with again spoilers. It ends with the doctor's best mate in mortal peril, and she's not going. Best person, and she's not going. What is this about? Like, come on then. You keep you keep grandstanding. You keep appearing in my head and trying to like intimidate me. What is this about? She's not said it yet. So we don't know what it's about. <laughs> What's it about? That being said, is the flux still a threat? It's talked about in this. We know that uh, Earth is protected yeah. from the flux by the Lupari. Lupari. Yeah, the Lupari ships. Surely it should be the Kainari because. K- dogs are canines, not lupines. lupines yeah, but Lupari wolves. sounds like a. Lupari's a way homer. Lupari sounds Lu- like cheap fucking wine that you can't buy, that you buy when you're underage. That's what, that's what Lupari sounds like. sounds like a fucking good night in. Hey, Lupari sounds like a good night in! Based on some of the horny tweets about um, Carvin Easter. Carvin Easter, he's got a following. <laughs> I actually really liked Carvin Easter in this episode. I, I, when he I'm rocked back up, I was happily up. surprised. Like, oh, yeah, Carvin. I like Carvin Easter. I actually do like Carvin Easter. I like I, I liked his, I liked his opening line. I've got a, I've was it, I've still got a human in this fight. <laughs> yeah. Fucking brilliant. I um brilliant. And the idea that it's like what are you doing here? It's like we're still species bonded, you idiot. Like I've still got to make yeah. sure you're okay if I know you're nearby. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start shipping Carvin Easter and Dan soon. Um Highlights, things that worked. Dan's family. 
John Bishop in general. We actually got some time yeah. with a new main character's family Yay. early on. Um, and the characters came through quite quickly. And I, I do wonder, I'd love to read the script for this when it pops up on writer's room, because I wonder if it was down to them three Maybe. and just their energy Maybe. and a bit of improv. But the comedy this week, especially Dan and his family... Oh god, da- Dan's like excuses for why he's in the ships yeah, and lad, stuff. Just looking for PSN. Yes. Fucking great. The fact that he does it and then immediately does it again, which yeah. suggests that he's done this before. Yeah. It's like this is his go-to yeah. line. I love it. Um, I love it. Like that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Everything with Dan. The comedy in this one was brill. The Doctor had a couple yeah. of nice little moments. The sort of pithiness of the, the floating triangles yeah. was quite funny to watch. Like this this AI thing that's clearly just like, can you repair it? No. Oh, for God's sake. Like just, It's clearly pissed off. It's been asking for however long. I'm um, loving... I love Doctor's mission briefing with a pointy stick. Yes. That was very good. Yes. Because like at that point, it was an all hope is lost moment. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to alleviate the tension somewhat. Because it's only episode two. You don't want episode two to feel like all doom and gloom throughout. You kind of still want to have barrels of fun before you get to all oh, whatever the big... Oodles, mate. Oodles and the Santarons got some great comedy. The Santarons. But, but they weren't comedic. They weren't. They they were they were funny in the way that the Santarons of yore have been. Yeah. Which is really leaning into how unusual they are, leaning into their ego. And the fact that you take one look at them and go, are you having a laugh? Yeah, yeah. And then they will execute one of their own on screen and you go... No, okay, yeah, no, I'm frightened. We should be frightened. We should be intimidated by you guys. Terrible shots. I think it was a disservice to them as a threat to the first time we see them in action, they're firing at Dan and missing. Even yeah. though there's like 10 of the buggers. It's like, that's stupid. That should not have been included. They should have just been chasing after him. You know what I mean? No firing, because it makes them look like stormtroopers. Yeah. And you don't want that. You want them to at least feel like they're a threat. Um, and then they go around executing Dan Starkey and... Which I know, obviously, he then played other Sontarans in the episode. And I like they seem that they seem to sort of have like a cast of uh, three or four actors who are playing all the Sontarans yeah. when they have um, vocals and stuff, which is good because they are a clone race. And I like the idea that they all kind of sound similar, even if they look different uh, a little bit, and the facial features, and the facial hair, and battle scars and things like that. Um, I I I found that to be a little bit symbolic. I think that was meant to be a statement, even though like we're keeping Dan around because he's a great actor and we want him to play these roles that he yeah. clearly knows. Yeah. We're also saying that, oh yeah, this one sounds... and even, even his face. Even the face of the one that was prisoner, the mould looked a little closer to like Strax. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, like, yeah. okay, that's interesting. Like, you know, the new colour scheme, but he had the same kind of profile. Yeah. And then he gets executed. Like, yes. murdered. And I think that was a statement of... Right, the previous version, that's gone now. Like this is this is the this is how this lot are gonna be. Don't get attached to them the same way. Like they're gonna be bastards. Um, but all they just wanted to ride a horse. Yeah. I love the plot. I love the fact that they're like, yeah, we have no idea what the flux is. We don't know if we'll ever survive it eventually. But here's the thing. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take advantage of this panic, and we are going to set ourselves up in a couple of places in Earth's history. And then use time engines to fling our ships throughout the rest of Earth history so that Earth's history never existed and the planet was always a Sontar and like a, a yeah. armory. Essentially, they're going to turn it into a battle world. We're just going to uh, get rid of Russia. 
that was that was a great reveal actually yeah, looking yeah. through the map and then she's like right okay so this that the other one, just Russia just not there and it just Sontar. says Sontar Russia and China I think Russia and China well yeah, yeah the, the the sides of the Crimean War the yeah. the um was sort of the main antagonistic force against forces of Europe because again setting in the Crimean War was great and I love how it's like so why'd you pick here and they're like why wouldn't we all of the powers are in like flux because everybody's fighting yeah. with everyone there is no clear incentive to victory other than trying to show each other up and it ends like this and also we wanted to get a historical character for the season in it and we which, which, which they do there's something about the way this the chimneyer has done historical characters that i actually really like some of them get episodes about their life but it's never like it's not a pattern that it's always oh, you're blah blah blah. It's oh this my god, moment. it's a yeah, it's, moment. In yeah, it, it's just yeah. like oh shit, Mary Seacole, hi. Um, okay, right. Well, well, while we hit, and I kind of uh, that happened. Oh, that Dan knows who she is. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, well, horrible history is they, they got some controversy a few years ago, and they did a song about it. Oh yeah. In one of the episodes, they did a song about Mary Seacole. Um, w- uh, wonderful. Uh, Dominique played the role. Like she was one of the sort of members of the troupe that's like not part of the key six but comes in and plays roles every now and again yeah um she's also an absolute ledge uh they brought her in and 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 the song basically was saying that like hey you all overlooked mary seacole because you're all giving props to florence nightingale and that's kind of harsh like this woman is just as amazing and it was one of those things of course where a lot of gammons were like well are you denying the importance of florence nightingale's work and this that it's like no, we're saying you should also pay attention to other people from that time who did equally, like, incredible work to keep people alive. She was also really shrewd businesswoman. <laughs> like, she made sure to charge money to the higher-up people who had money. Yeah. It's like, well bloody done. <laughs> like, that is fantastic, because she also could see... She didn't get the, like, go-ahead, the qualification to go out into the crime yep. and battlefields... But she was like, well, what am I going to do? Sit back in... She was in the UK at the time. So what am I going to do? Just sit back there and let people do die? Call, yeah. Like, no, I'm going to go over there. And if they're not going to let me do it officially, then I'll provide a different service. I'll provide hotels. Hotel where people Britain. can get the medical assistance and I can, charge, is, yeah. Yeah, I can charge the generals of that money to help me fund it and make me some cash. But also, I can look after people. Even if I'm not allowed to officially do it, I'm going to do it anyway. Some rice pudding and rum. Love that. And she was played brilliantly as well. She did it yeah. great. And it's like your Spyfall. There's a couple of historical figures in Spyfall where they don't make a thing of it. I don't do know what I mean. Th- they do make a thing of um, Ada Lovelace. Well, yeah, but I don't mean like the whole episode revolves around Ada Lovelace. No. It's like she's an element of it. And same here with Mary Seacole. It's like you're sort of, you're, you're teaching people stuff because you're highlighting a historical figure, but it's not about that obviously some episodes have to be vincent and the doctor rosa like you know some should be about that historical figure but here felt closer to something like say the unquiet dead where the historical figure is a part of the story you know what i mean what is it part of it (laughs) um (laughs) and the gas ghosts are part of it (laughs) um but i i like that a lot um i the crimean war obviously is a really odd period in history like the body count of the crimean war is like 90 percent of the body count was down to people getting like dysentery and dying of pneumonia yeah and starving because there's no food sent out to certain places like it was it was the biggest waste of time and human lives in the 1800s it was ridiculous it was fucking stupid and it was all because basically russia was showing signs of getting a bit big for its boots so every other su- every other superpower like well, 
we better show them what's what. And it's like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure there's an easier way to do this than sending, like, tens of thousands of men at a time, like, out to fight in circumstances that rarely resulted in actual conflict mm. because people were dying off before they got to battle. Just so fucking stupid. And I love that that was why the Sontarans picked that period because they could have a fight. Yeah. They could take advantage of all the disarray. And also, he wanted to ride a horse. Mm. Um, <laughs> which I love. There's such a childish glee. Like, I wanted to ride a horse. Yeah. Like, yeah, and even the dog sort takes a moment of like, wait, what? <laughs> This is why. Um, I like the Santara design in motion. I'm I'm really happy with it. Yeah. In the end, I was yeah. a bit worried, but I, I think they look great. Yeah. I love the idea that we we met one last week. I didn't realize the hologram was part of their psychic division, which is yeah. these are the ones that found out about the flux. So they have a psychic division. I mean, why wouldn't you? Let's see that in a future story, please. I'm curious about that. Yes, please. Um, I love the tar- I love the body horror of the TARDIS. Yeah, that's weird. Don't know what's wrong with the old girl, but she's seen better days. Especially when she was walking round it, and mm. that moment where it just dawns on you: hang on, that's all four sides. Where's the door? All four, no door. All four, no door. And then it's still vomiting up black goo internally and, and growths. Oh, it's so Here weird. And there. I mean, I'm intrigued to find out where that's going. Um, I'm intrigued to find out where a lot of this is going. It's just that I'd, I'd liked it to be more interesting than it is. Vinder's got a lot of chemistry. Like Vinder. But he's not doing anything. No. Yaz, like Mandit Gill, has a lot of chemistry. Love Mandit Gill. Yaz has become Yaz from series 11 and 12 yeah. again. I want to see more. Yeah, well, Yaz has become Ryan. Like, she's just asking questions and looking a bit annoyed. I think I'm looking forward to seeing Mandip Gill and other stuff now. Yes. Not, she's, getting, yes. she's getting underserved by yeah. Doctor Who, I think. Yeah, at the minute, the main joy I'm getting out of her involvement in the show is watching her and Jodie in interviews. Which is weird. Like They've clearly got chemistry, so why isn't it on screen? Why aren't you taking advantage of it on Series screen? Series 6, Matt, Karen and Arthur absolutely having a laugh and wonderful to watch in the press and confidential. Yeah. In the stories, you're like, why are Amy and Rory here anymore? Yeah, this is yeah, weird. Yeah. This is weird. They're not acting in the same way we'd expect them to act. It's just odd. And then you see him in interviews and you go, oh, that's why they kept them together, because they have such great chemistry. But they don't do anything with it. They don't write them in a way that would let them do it. Um, I liked separating everybody, though. That made for an interesting mystery. It was like, right, what's happening here? Well, it helps br- actually give some stakes to the stuff that's happening that isn't the sort of main Sontaran plot, which yeah. is the problem we had last week, where the... It just kept cutting to other things stuff. happening. What the fuck's this? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the Claire stuff. Oh, they run into the Doctor. And, they, and then, oh, there's an angel. What the fuck's that about? Yeah, and then so it it just it helps tie it together a little bit. There was only one bit, one newly introduced bit this week, really, that was like, "What the fuck was that?" Which was the big old Baba Yaga house. Um, uh, although I was like, I, it wasn't a Baba Yaga house, but I was looking at the bottom, like, "Come on, where are the legs? Where are the, where are the big where chicken the, legs sticking out of the house?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like uh, in 2018's Hellboy. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Oh god, no! Twenty nineteen. Don't try and separate it oh, further from us. We we have to atone for oh, the sins of that film's me. existence. Or 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 like the spin-off bonus story in Rise of the Two Raiders. Mama Yaga. Yep. Um, which turned out to be hallucinogens. She she imagined the it's house. Always on fucking legs. hallucinogens. Like, oh no, we're dealing this grand story about a woman who raised him. So maybe there's some mystical stuff going on, but no, I was all hallucinogens because we don't trust the strength of our convictions. You cowards! Meanwhile, in the first game, she fights a T Rex 
Could we get back to those days, please? Talk about the strength of their convictions. Let's talk about Eternals. Yay! Hey! So, Doctor Who, we like. Oh, uh, right. yeah, before we, right, before we move on, we've got a couple of uh, tweets sent in oh, about yeah. Doctor Who specifically from you guys. Fucking hell. With your brains and your dreams and You're your thumbs. Tweeting us. What are, you twid- what are you doing tweeting us at Big Damn Cast I mean, twiddling, on Twitter? Twiddling their thumbs on, on at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. You can email us at bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Alex says, DW was a big improvement over last week. It was. It though, was a big improvement over last week. Though that's to be expected when a plot focuses in on just a few strands rather than throwing everything on screen at once. Let's do everything. The Sontarans rode a better line between humour and threatening. I just hope that looking at the next time trailer next week will be as focused. Yeah, ne- we don't really know what next time is. We know that Yaz is possibly about to get burnt up from the inside or whatever. No! Okay. I will revolt. I see. I'm still enjoying as you and uh, Swarm, but I think that's just because it's not that they're. I, I think it's just because I, I I've missed Panto villains in this show, and it's, these guys are Panto villain. It's not even that I don't like them. It's just that I don't have any opinion on them because they don't. No, no, you, Do I you know mean. I know what you mean. Anything? I know what you mean. You've not you've not got I, enough context to care yet. I think the performances are interesting, like, particularly mm. Swarm. And his design very, is yeah. beautiful. I mean, her design is beautiful. The makeup yeah. and the texture. And I uh, saying it now. Uh, passenger is die. Yeah. Like the last we saw of it was like, oh, we're gonna have so much fun playing with you, and then now they have a henchman called Passenger. Like she's absolutely trapped in that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, it's funny. Someone on Twitter discovered that you don't have to make a joke about. Here's the version they bought off Wish. Passenger's mask is a mask you can buy on Wish. Sure. So the costume department just bought that, and then put better lenses in it. On Wish, of yeah, all places. On freaking Wish. They so must have weird. done it far in advance then. Yeah, and it just so happens that it's now like a lesser price, more available or something, but I don't know. Fuck me. Insane. George White says, much better than last week. Much a lot, better. A lot more coherent. Dan is still the best thing about this series. Yeah, I'm digging Dan. Why has Yaz been given all of Ryan's dialogue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eternal's no idea, not seen it yet. Well, don't worry about that. Um, and Stuart, Stuart says, I still prefer series 11 and 12. Yeah. But this series wrong. is okay. We'll see where it goes. We that will see we where will. it goes. We're a third of the way in. So we've got plenty plenty more time to dwell on it. Sorry, I just got to say one thing. Oh? A third of the way through. There's only six episodes. Yeah, but if you look at it this way, we didn't enjoy the first episode. That's true. We enjoyed the second. Yeah. That's a 50-50 hit rate so far. True. If it carries on, even even if it carries on at that quality, that's at least three episodes, 50% of the series that we'll enjoy. Better than some seasons. So there we go. Um, Beef. Speaking of beef, uh, there's no segue here. There's no. There's We're going to no, talk very briefly, no spoiler-free, about Marvel Studios Eternals. Uh, we will we will give you a massive spoiler warning. And we're going to go into spoilers, so this is more general thoughts. But please continue at your own discretion, because even knowing some basic details pre-spoilers might spoil it for you. I I, I very actively avoided everything that discussed any element of this beyond just how someone felt about it. You might not feel the same, mm. and that includes you, gentle listener. It might not be gentle. It might be really rugged. <sighs> Rough listener. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Grainy listener. I think the trailers did a really good job of explaining the concept and giving fuck all away plot-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mm. The trailers did actually feature a lot of the film. But the context of what you see in the trailer yeah. is not necessarily 
what that scene means in the movie. Yes. This film also, and again, no spoilers yet, but you know, continue at your discretion. It plays with uh, narrative a lot in terms of jumping back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when you have characters who've been on Earth for seven thousand years. Seven. Like it would be boring to years. not go back and forth on the timeline and 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 explore um, different parts of the story and reveal more things after you've already established where it leads and then you learn a bit more about people's motivations and yeah so the eternals is the latest mcu movie it is probably the most it's probably the most detached mcu movie uh in a while in that it's i think you could watch this and not know anything about any of the others it's certainly the most high concept one as well yeah like like the only thing you need to kind of know to get any other threads is be aware of who the Avengers are slash were. Be aware of because the... but you you you're living in the year twenty twenty one through pop cultural yeah. osmosis. You are aware of Iron Man, Captain America, and you also kind might of need, might to know need about someone Thanos and what he and what he did. Yeah, you, you might need if someone if you're if you if the name Thanos makes you go, what's that? Then that might confuse you. But even then brain power used in this movie thinking about other things from marvel probably takes up about 30 seconds of the film total of a two two and a half hour plus movie about 30 seconds of it, it. is long it is a longer i will and say it is long i watching it today my my immediate thought after it finished was this if this wasn't a big old studio machine where they're pumping out two or three different movies a year as part of the series, yeah. this would have been a two-part movie. This yeah, would have been a okay. part one, part two. Or a Disney Plus limited series. Yeah. I think or, that if it had been a Disney Plus limited series, we would have missed out on some of the spectacular fucking visuals that are it in this. is a gorgeous looking film. I think this is the best. It's be- beautiful. I think, I think this is the best looking film in the MCU. Probably not wrong. It is... The way it blends uh, 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 natural landscapes and photography, natural yes. landscapes with this high concept CGI is very, very tasty indeed. And t- to me, that's it. It's like this is this is a perfect um, kind of it. It's it, it, how to sum it up without giving too much away. It is it's globe trotting. It yeah, it's a globe trotter. Um, it's a fly swatter. Uh, it's it's none of those things. Uh, it's called Trotter. I'm a prancer. <laughs> I'm a, a dancer. dancer. I'm a Rudolph. Oh wait, no. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, it's 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 a it's a without trying to sound remotely patronising, pretentious, or whatever. It's a thinking man's popcorn blockbuster. It's a thinking man's popcorn blockbuster. Like it's a popcorn blockbuster that just you know is a little bit more kind of thought based. It's very character led. The whole film relies on you being invested in the people you meet. It's a bit and the performances. Yeah, it's yeah. It's high concept sci-fi that's there character it is. led. It's a high concept character high concept character led science fiction movie. It still works as a popcorn flick, but the majority yeah, of the enjoyment you're going to get out of it. Like Dunos, yeah. yeah, the majority of the enjoyment you're going to get out of it is from investing in the performances and the characters that you meet. Um they do make their lives and stakes and relationships matter enough. Yeah. Uh, I was worried that there were too many of them. I was really worried that like having that full... I think they do a good job balancing them. They do it really, really well by picking and choosing when people get involved, at what stage characters show up. Yeah. Uh, they don't expect you to come away knowing everyone's name off by heart. Like They don't like hammer it into you. 
But you could absolutely come away from it, look at a picture of the cast and go, oh, that one's the one that does this. She likes him. That one does this. He's got a family. And that one does this. And they can do this with their brain. And that, Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like that everything is clearly spelled out. They don't hold your hand. They just deliver it very naturally. And, and oh God, it's, it's really fun. And fun's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Right, it's like this shouldn't this shouldn't work as well as it did. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why it works well is it takes the grand space mythology of the Jack Kirby Marvel cosmic universe like <sighs> ideas, yeah, and it simplifies it, but still leaves room for your your tiny Earth brain to go. That's mad. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't pick up any of the comics because you'll be pummeled to death by like these yeah. sorts of concepts. We are giving you the streamlined version. Yeah. I mean, right down to the Eternals. The Eternals of the comic book, this, this cast in particular, um, not all of them are always together. Like Gilgamesh goes by a completely different name in the comics yeah. and, and isn't really part of the group and has been an Avenger real briefly. It's fucking weird. Um, there's a couple missing in this. There's, there's a couple from... missing. Uh, the, the Eternals of the comics essentially have the same abilities. Like, they all warp matter and yeah, change matter. Yeah. Some of them excel in other things. The Deviants in the comics especially, like, kind of have specialities. Yeah. Uh, the Eternals in the comics have sort of moved away from a key group are the ones that seem to exhibit specific powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Druig in this, for example... Uh, in the comics, Druig's power is the same as all Eternals, but he's got a big thing about being able to sway minds yeah. and, and take charge of things from the beginning. And one, one of the story, he's, he's more antagonistic in the comics. In one of the stories, he wanted yeah. to yeah. create two Eternals himself. We'll get to that. So he could then, from basically birth, raise them to be his perfect soldiers. Because um, he would have conditioned them from birth yeah. to like thingy. Whereas yeah. in this, Druig is one of the cast and is, is a good guy. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to that. Um, whereas in this, yeah, the great way to identify them in this is that they're given separate powers. Yeah. Like, you know, um, Icarus is flight, strength, and Icarus laser eyes. Ajax is a healer. Um, Thena can create weapons from thin air. Anything you like, and the designs of them are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They're so weird and so inventive. There's that one, there's one point where she stabs at something with a spear, grabs it, and then like extra spikes come yeah. out of it. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's weird. Um, you know, uh, uh, and our arguably our lead. It's an ensemble film, but we have yeah. a lead character is Cersei, Cersei, played incredibly by Gemma Chan, She's who does a this. phenomenal She's job. Great in this. Great uh, and and again, like them going, we had you in another movie, but you were in heavy makeup. This is an excuse to reuse you. Like she was Minerva in, yeah. Cap- in Captain Marvel, so let's reuse it. I'm so glad they did. Yeah, she's great. because she's great. Uh, basic, basic, basic trailer friendly plot. Um, the Eternals are being sent to our planet thousands of years ago to basically help us develop, like give us give us a little push in the right direction here and there, mm-hmm. and defend us from these creatures, apex predators of the universe known as the Deviants. Um, once all the deviants are defeated, then their their boss, a celestial, will call them back in, like when the time is right, so they can go to another world and do the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, they've been waiting for the call home for a while now, for a good couple thousand years. Not quite sure exactly what's meant to go on just yet. Um, and suddenly, new deviants show up, despite having been dead for thousands of years now. What? So the no. now the the now estranged Eternals living in different places around the world with different lives, it's a, it's a getting. Do you know why it, why I think I like this? I'm why a massive I'm a massive sucker 
for a getting the band back together film. It is a getting the band back together I, film. I, I'm yeah. a massive sucker for that. It is and that. this that's what this is. But it also is a film dwelling on humanity and what it means to be human and what it means to be flawed and what it means to be uh to strive for perfection and what it means to to fuck up and to learn mm. and whether or not you should give things the space to make mistakes yeah or whether or not you should you know if you have the pa- if you have the power because again that that concept is introduced in the the trailer if you had the power to like help mankind advance the moment you arrived should you do that or should you stay back and just give the occasional nudge mm-hmm. because surely if you help them unlock their full potential then they'll be the best version of themselves but you don't want to rush it and and the key rule that'll be given by the the celestial um overseer is they're not allowed to interfere in human affairs they can nudge and they can encourage they can't step into any human conflict nope Unless a deviant is involved. Yep. So if World War Two had a load of deviants loose on a battlefield, they which could it get did, involved. but not the right kind. Well, yeah. Um, uh, if the internet is full of deviants with the Sonic OCs, different kind of deviant, not as yeah. serious as the World War Two ones, but still a funny name. And it's you a think joke. They got confused when deviant art was a thing. Oh, they were like, oh, oh my god, they're back! No, no, oh, they're no, back, and just, they're saying that this is their Sonic OC. Please do not steal. It's just furry dicks. Um, Big old furry dicks. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, that set up in the trailer, like, why didn't you guys get involved when Thanos was here? And what's nice is in the film, you're given a reason, but by the end of the movie, you realise there's more to it. Yeah. There's even more to it. Um, this cast is, uh, again, in the spoiler-free territory, this cast is... Yeah, I was just bringing up the cast. Fucking though. excellent. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, it's spo- very good. Spoiler-free points. Gemma Chan is Cersei. She's our, she's our eye. She's our lead. Yeah. Uh, she's... She's wonderful. She's got a very soft guiding presence as a lead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I we speculated that our our lead character might have been Dane Whitman, played by Kit Harrington. Like our audience surrogate. Audience surrogate. Yeah. No. Nope. He is for the first like twenty minutes to get us into the basics of where everyone is now. Yeah. And then it ain't his story. No. No. no, no. Um. Not at all. But it much appreciated. And also, it was nice to see Kit Harrington in something. I think and be like, really you're really, in this. Yeah. you're charismatic as yeah. hell when you're allowed to play out of the type that everyone's expecting you yeah, to play. Yeah, when you're not trying to make him do Jon Snow <laughs> stuff and being like gruff and and, uh, and stoic. When you, but that, that's yeah. not to say you won't eventually get like a cloak or a sword, maybe. But like, we'll see. We'll that's see. not what this is about. Um, Richard Madden as Icarus. My God. Oh, Richard Madden, maybe. What a performance! What like, a performance! So 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 good. His uh, um, his skunk strike was doing an awful lot for me. Yeah, oh yeah. Which I didn't realise is that's just his hair. Yeah. That's just his hair and there he is and there's a little flick in the fringe. Um, like, did you he's, know, a, he's a beautiful man. Uh, did you know why the, the, his costume is designed the way it is? Go on. Yeah, so he's got the... He didn't originally have the sort of loin flap on the costume. Yeah. But Richard Madden is so well endowed. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, that, that was the only way that they could hide his enormous package. His, his package was distracting. Yeah. So they gave him lap flaps. Yeah, just to, to, to distract away from the penis bulge <laughs> if anyone watched the trailer and was like it just kind of looks like like Zack Snyder Man of Steel style Superman it's like yeah that's very intentional and gets flagged yeah, and in gets the film out, yeah. this is the film this isn't a spoiler it's just a bit of fun dialogue yeah. this film this film confirms that DC Comics is a it's, thing it's in the Marvel multiple Universe multiple times I, I, I loved that because yeah. that's what the comics have done for years they've always like made references to each other Marvel films have done it before 
freaking Rosemary Harris sat in the hospital bed in yeah. Spider-Man 2002. You're not you're Superman, not you know. Superman. She doesn't sound that old, but she no, looks that old. But... Um, she feels that old. <laughs> Paper it. Paper Finish it. it. Finish uh, it. Kamel uh, Nanjani as Kingo. Can we talk about Kamel Nanjani's eyebrows? Oh, my those things. Days. I hope those things got a separate paycheck. They were... Apparently, his... His biggest inspirations, because in the film Kingo, Kingo's one of the Eternals. I would yep. say, let's list off everyone's powers as yeah, we go yeah, yeah, yeah. get So Cersei, her powers are transmutation. Sort of transmutation. She can change inorganic matter, um, or, or specifically non-sentient matter, into different things. Yep. So, like at one point, she's attacked with a, a, a bladed weapon, and she she grabs it and turns it into water. Yeah. So she doesn't have to pull it out. It just it just fizzles yeah. away. And uh, <laughs> when she has to explain it, she's like, "Once I turned a rock." Into a tree, and I turned a rock into diamond, yeah. and I turned a rock. And it's like okay, that's you're 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 finding the the blandest way to describe what you can do. But she's so adorably excited about being able to tell someone yeah, about it. It's a lovely. Performance. It's freaking cute. It um, Richard Madden is Icarus. Icarus oh. is flight, super strength, and lasers from his goddamn Superman. eyes. Also looking like an absolute snack. Oh, uh, speaking of Kamel Nanjani as Kingo, oh, um, he is a modern day a Bollywood star. Yeah. The the great great grandson of a lineage of Bollywood yeah. stars yes, that are the, all the just him with a different great hair. great grandson. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Um, and he's uh, his powers are energy sort projection. of energy projection. Uh, his chosen method of which is finger guns. Yep, which he does, guns. which he does from a rival seven thousand years ago. And Hadoukens. Yes. Oh, the Hadoukens was nice. Apparently, he uh, he bases his, his performance off a combination of John McClane from Die Hard. All right. Uh, with the look of Bollywood actor Hirithik uh, Roshan, uh, and he watched a shitload of Errol Flynn, like Zorro and Robin Hood movies. Yeah, all right. Which. Talk about the eyebrows. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my days. Those yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, Leah McHugh plays Sprite, who is an Eternal, who... All the Eternals... And again, I guess it's meant to be because they're meant to blend into the foundation of humanity. Yeah, so yeah. they all look like different... Like different... Um, ethnicities yep. and, and everything and, and different accents. I love the fact they all have different accents. Yep. Like, only a couple of them share an accent. And it's like, that's a fun it's choice. A, it's a very diverse ensemble. But it's, it's brilliant. And again, it doesn't... Like, it's... Anyone who's got an issue with that needs to get fucked getting a scene, mate. because the film doesn't make a thing of it because that's not the point the point is oh of course because if they're going to go around the world they need to kind of look like everyone around the world so yeah. why not um, uh, Sprite gets the short straw pun not intended because Sprite is eternally a child yes Sprite is sort of trapped in the body of like an 11 12 year old girl yeah. With Peter Pan hair. Young teen. Um, yeah, young teen. Like at one point Kingo, Kingo refers teen. to Sprite as Tinkerbell. Yeah. Um Sprite's uh Sprite can sort of change her appearance uh and, and an the, the appearance of things around her with like yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt it's uh, it's referred to as uh oh it's lifelike illusions, but some of them have like a, a slight physical Yeah. Uh so at one point she creates like a barrier. And it does hold something back very briefly. Yes. Because the illusion is solid enough. But, um, yeah. Uh, Fastus, played by Brian Thierry Henry. I love this man. Oh, I've always loved this Fastus man. Fastus is great and Brian Thierry Henry is great. Literally, his delivery of, that's a copy, in Spider-Verse is one of my favourite things because as soon as I remember that scene and him just being a big old embarrassing dad is the sweetest thing ever. Um, but Fastus is great. Fastus, uh, in modern times, has a family. Like, his husband and his adopted kid living yep. quite happily. Um, completely blended in. Uh, his main ability is, I guess, like, tech creation and... Technopathy. He, yeah, he can conceive... He can create sort of technolo uh, technical 
structures out of thin air. Yeah. But like his power essentially is like encyclopedic engineering. He's an engineer. He invents. Yeah. Um, which is nice because very early on he's like, it's an engine. It's powered by steam. They're like, they are not ready for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's <laughs> it's like three thousand BC. Yeah. It's like they're not ready for this yet. Um. Uh. He's wonderful and also. Thank you so freaking much for having some characters in this who are on the chunkier side because not everybody's got to be a buff thing like superhero physique. That's not the point. We have not chunky, we have not queer, we like it. Yeah, Fastos and Gilgamesh in particular. Yeah. Like, they're both they're both fit, they're both trim, but they both have bellies. And I'm like, thank you so Gil- fucking much. Gilgamesh is a, is, a, is a thick snap. Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee, who was my favourite. I freaking loved Gilgamesh. Yeah. Uh, Gilgamesh is, is power basically is super fucking strong he sort of has like a little energy projection gloves around his hands like, yes. a, like a psychic boxer but he's he is he is big strong boy um, we also Don, Don Lee or, or, also uh, Madong Swek oh really uh, that's his that's his Korean name ah so Don Lee's like his stage name yeah for, he's, for he's, South, he's a South Korean action star so he's been in stuff like Train to Busan Good, the Bad and the Weird yes um, do, 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 bits and pieces like that you know also he was um, like Korean action stuff what do you call it he pursued the role in order to be an inspiration to a younger generation as the first Korean superhero and was able to utilise his boxing training for the role so oh he is, yeah so he yeah. is a boxer fantastic yeah so that's another thing that's good about all the Eternals is that all their physicalities are different um, because because of the different powers are very distinct and so you look at the fighting styles of someone like Fina next to Gilgamesh mm. and it is stark Starkly different and yeah. wonderful to watch. So it's easily they're easily recognisable in that sense in action scene, in like crowd scenes and stuff because you can see the way that they all move differently. And unlike your Avengers, where they kind of had to learn to come up with you know tag team attacks and everything over the yeah, course yeah. of those movies, these guys are fluid the moment they arrive. Yes, and and their fighting styles, like you say, are completely different but complement one another beautifully. Yeah. Um, the most visually interesting character of them all is Makari, played by Lauren uh, Ridloff. Yep. Who uh, characters the first deaf superhero in the MCU? Yep. Deaf actress. Uh, deaf actress. Um, again, they don't make a thing. She just is. Yep. And it's fucking wonderful to see. <laughs> it's like this is a big budget Marvel movie, and it's just going. Yeah, here we go. Uh, she is charming as fuck. Visually, the most interesting superpower for me. Yeah. Like we've seen speedsters before. It's the way that it's designed, the way it's lit, and the way. Oh my god! There's this one bit where she like creates. It's early on, she creates a sort of dust field yeah, around something, yeah. and the camera, because it's a visual effect, stays sort of just behind her leg. Yeah. And so you're at this low angle. It's kind of like a sports coverage angle that you would get for a for a race car or something. Yeah. And it just sticks with her for a moment. And you're like, that looks amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. I I think it's great that Marvel have finally cracked how to do the flash on screen. <laughs> Cue Tom Cavanaugh leaning into a leaning into a headset microphone. Run, Macari. Run faster. Uh, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> the best. I mean, it's the best sort of film version of Super Speed. I think we've seen so far. It's, it looks so good. It looks very good. Uh, her will they won't they boo Druig played by Barry. Uh, is it Keo? Keo no. is they pronounce his name? I think so. Keogan. Keoghan. Keoghan. Um, Irish as you like. Uh, 
Bit greasy and weird. Bit greasy, bit weird, but to be fair, the character is a mind controller. Yeah. And they do lean into the debate of, like, how much should he interfere with people's free will to keep them safe? Because he is, he's one of the first Eternals over their state to sort of go, we could do so much more. Yeah. And the fact we aren't is nuts. He so gets because a... his power is kind of a creepy yeah. power, the way they approach him is they let him be unnerving. But morally, even though his methods are weird yeah. and are creepy, morally you're like, he's he's got a point. He's, he's in the point. right place here. Uh, and it's kind of nice for them to take a power that is ultimately kind of a disturbing power sometimes. Yeah. Like, the X-Men films handled mind control quite well. Yeah. Like, Charles Xavier and stuff like that. They made it work. But the, in this, they go, yeah, it's creepy. So he's going to be a bit creepy. But he's also one of these good guys that's arrived yeah. on Earth to look after everyone. Yeah. Um... So and again, like their their chemistry, um, uh, uh, Druig's and uh, Makari's chemistry is adorable. Yeah, it's really good. It's really cute. It's the proper kind of like these are the these are the sarky little teams of the group yeah. that have got a bit of a thing and no one's noticed it. And it's it's yeah, that is, I like that a lot. Um, uh, we also uh, the remaining two Eternals so I've not mentioned are Ajak played by Salma Hayek uh, Salma uh, Hayek being Salma Hayek gender swap version of the character which functions better for this version of the Eternals because yeah. they're kind of leaning into the the maternal yeah, side of Ajak Ajak is like Ajak is traditionally sort of the leader of the Eternals yeah. that we meet in the comics like the group yeah. um, uh, Ajak's power is like super healing um, and, and sort of uh, altering matter so that injury can be sort of you know, dealt with almost instantaneously. She yep. just hovers her hands over a wound and it starts to disappear. Um, she's not in it a lot. Because again, it's a getting a band back together kind of film. So not everyone is in this a lot. Some of these characters aren't in the film a lot. Um, but when she is in it, 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 you do kind of feel like, I don't mean this in any knockdown way, you feel like mum's here. Yeah, you feel you yeah, kind yeah. of feel safe. It's a very motherly presence, yeah. and it works so well. And I think, I think you know, I'm not. That's not to say that you couldn't have a paternal equivalent with Ajax being a man. But I think as as a shorthand for a film with a lot of characters, to have that visual signifier of this is a motherly figure, mm. absolutely pays dividends. Like it's it's a great choice, and it's Salma Hayek. Who? Why would you ever complain about Salma Hayek being in a movie? She's always great. Her costume, her like full Eternals costume, is fucking great. Oh as well. yeah, yeah, it's so very ceremonial. It looks yes. really cool. Like and of course, we have Angelina Jolie. Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie have the best agents. They get the with and credits at the end. Um, Angelina Jolie as Athena, yeah, who conjures any weapon she can sort of imagine. Uh, yeah, as like a imagine if Psylocke created yellow weapons she is a, a master warrior who can has who can create her own weapons yeah like athena of greece is is named after inspired her. by athena yeah inspired by her and, and and you know she's the goddess of war like that's what you are and it's like oh my god um she she's sort of the uh she, she she's the the kind of the badass enforcer of the group like she's the one who sits back quietly and then when the fight comes in, she's like, cracks the knuckles and is like, yeah. okay, here we go. Uh, which is great, because again, it's just a lovely visual juxtaposition of what you'd expect. It's like the really elegant looking, like, 
you know, angelic-faced Angelina Jolie, big blonde Buffon over there in the costume that's, like, pure white yeah. is the one who's going to come in when they need someone to kick some serious fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. Is a really fun play on everything. Uh, other characters I really want to give a shout-out before we go into spoilers. Haresh Patel as Karun is fucking MVP of this movie. Yeah, we'll get into that in spoilers. He's so good. He's so He's good. so, so good. Um, uh, Bill Skarsgård lends his voice to uh, the deviant known as Crow, the one you see in the trailer. Um, uh, and we'll has a really that. nice action figure. David Kay voices a celestial. Um, yes. uh, there are some very unusual uh, casting choices uh, in mid-credits and post-credits We'll get scenes. there, we'll get there. And we've mentioned Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman. Comic book fans know they don't go into it yet, but they're building to but it. But don't touch that dial. Don't touch that freaking dial. Uh, I like it a lot. I know the opinion on this has been split. It doesn't seem I like don't anyone. I know why it's been so mixed. It doesn't I seem think like it's really strong. And that's the thing. It's been mixed polar opposites. I've not seen anyone go. It was fine. Or yeah, I didn't love it, but it was alright. It's all oh, I loved I it. Really or liked it. this is really fucking. Well, that's the main criticism. People go, it's really fucking dumb. I'm like, is it? Is it? Yeah, it's ridiculous because of it. And, and again. Critics and opinion, like opinionated creators that I really admire, like people like Jenny Nicholson, yeah, yeah, and and Mark Commode, and and like lots of people just sort of gone like, yeah, no, this is really kind of missing the mark, and I'm like, is it? And I'm wondering I've never whether heard or not anyone uh, quote Jenny Nicholson and Mark Commode in the same sentence. Weird, isn't it? I love it, but I like their takes. So like, yeah, I, I, takes. I, I'm surprised that they are both sort Hot of like takes. not not a fan of this. this. is a bit stupid, or I'm not a fan. Of this. this is a bit obvious, and I'm like, I don't know. Like there is a Marvel formula, but this one doesn't really. It fits it's, it in it's the, same the one way. that fits it the least, I think. Yeah, and 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 it's def- it's a slow burn too. It is a slow burn. It takes its it time, is long. It is long. and that's kind of why I enjoyed it. it. It felt to me, what this felt to me, was like what I think the version of this is going to be controversial, but the film does mention DC characters, so it ties yeah. in the version of Justice League that would have actually resonated with me. The version of Justice League that we would have got had Zack Snyder continued with the project and finished his edit. Or even... Well, I mean, you know you know how I feel about him tonally. If he'd yeah. have directed it, but someone else had written it. Yeah, I get you. Uh, like, th- this feels like the, the more palatable-to-me version of the whole idea of the... You know, in that film, you have the idea of Steppenwolf, advanced forces coming to Earth, and the peoples of yeah, know, Atlantis yeah, and everything yeah, already yeah. existing. Yeah. There's this rich mythology is in there... And you get a few, you get a few flashback kind of things that establish things later and come back to the present. Yeah. And, and I, I, I I hate how garish it is. Keep in mind, everybody, I've only seen the theatrical cut. Matt's seen Zack Snyder's just I have seen Zack Snyder's just But I hate how garish it is. I hate how it has to be. It was a war. Look at the war. And isn't everyone ripped? And I'm like, yeah, this really cool, interesting mythological aspects here that I feel are being covered up in. David Thewlis's face CGI'd onto a bodybuilder, yeah. like, and and Steppenwolf punching things into the into the sky, and I'm like, yeah. you can still do action and also really play with the mythology and and utilize it in a way that is captivating and kind of beautiful and mysterious and upsetting and fun and and I feel like this did that better. Like this this did had had the tone of this been seen in a project like that. I think I would have I would have dug that, for example. I know that's not that's me making a comment on Justice League, but I think this is why I, I'm saying this is why I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was a superhero movie that utilized mythology and history, and let it breathe 
yeah. and didn't hide it behind fist fights. The action scenes were fantastic, but they weren't the draw. The draw was the characters and the back and forth story revealing more of their personal history in a way that like a Tarantino back and forth like yes. edit was very naturally satisfying. Yes. Um I recommend it. Is it one of the best Marvel uh, one of the best MCU movies? I wouldn't put it near the very top, but it's definitely at the 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 top end. Like it's it's further toward for me it's like if we're doing five star rating, it's like a good four star film very easily. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to see where this world and these characters will go. Um there's no confirmation yet, but for all we know, some of them are co stars in films that have already been announced. So it would seem to be, uh... yeah, it would seem to be that we're going that way, but we'll get to that as we talk about... Spoilers! If you've stuck around up to this point, but you've not seen the movie, you really don't want to learn anything about it, that we'll spoil it. Get the fuck out now. Seriously, go away. Go away. Go the fuck away. Right freaking now. Because the, the trailers don't spoil anything. The trailers don't spoil so, a damn thing. So we're about to delve yeah. into like actual characters, moments, scenes. Oh, mate. Spoilers. Oh, mate. Go away now. You've had your warning. Right. Here we go. Everybody dies. Oh, no. Almost. But most of the cast do. Yes. <laughs> like a good portion of the cast get killed off. So the big, the biggest thing for me was... <laughs> and some of them just don't turn up for the third act. No. Which I kind of liked a lot. Yeah. It was like, yep, this is about everyone's ethics and morals. King goes like, I kind of agree with Icarus, but I'm not going to hurt my friends to, no, to, to make I a point. No, I don't want to kill anyone. So I'm literally just going to step back. You guys, you guys decide what happens now. He, he cowards out. Yeah. He cowards out, but it's because, like, the ideology is... Oh, it's so... I was so pleasantly surprised by that. I was like, this is great. Well fucking done. And they're still on good terms yeah. after all has gone down. Because he's still... And same with Sprite. Yeah. Like, it's... Oh, so... They accept Sprite back. It, yeah. So, the, the if, big twist if, here, if you are listening to this because you don't care about hearing spoilers, here's some context. Icarus is the villain. Icarus is the bad guy! <laughs> Fucking great! Love it! Love it! Loved it. Of course, fucking guess what happens in the cinema? The big reveal comes that Icarus killed Ajax <laughs> and, and started the whole thing off and Keats turns to me and goes, yeah, I, I knew that as soon as I saw the scorch marks when you first see Ajax's body. And I'm like, Ke fuck off! Ke to be fair, Keeks is supernaturally good supernaturally at this stuff. good at uh, seeing plot twists. She, she could, like, I, she has a calling, a future career as a script editor. Yeah. Because she could absolutely take someone's script and go, coming. right, I'm going to move that out, I'm going to tweak that, and I think you need to bury that lead a little more, and yep. don't bring that up. Because I read the script, and before I got even to the third act, yep. I knew what was going to happen. Like, she would create... She's fucking ridiculous at it. Throw keeks at bad robot productions. Yeah, yeah, And be yeah. like, right, Abrams, sit the fuck down. Two things. One, figure out your ending before you yep. start your story. And then two, give a pass to this lady here. Because yeah. she will make sure that your shit... It's different. Hit, hit, hit. Um, yeah, it, hit. but I love that. I love yeah, that. I loved it. Loved it. I love that reveal. Because Richard Madden does the wonderful. He, he's got the sort of warmth mm. and empathy of the good Icarus, mm. and then it just turns turns it off. Yeah, and just goes cold as ice. And yet throughout that final sort of 20 minutes, you see that he does not want to kill his family. There's a lot of Like, he really, really doesn't want to do it, but he's like, yeah. 
uh, like you are. G- oh my god! So the Celestials haven't sent which Celestial is it again? It's Arisham. Arisham. The ju- voiced the, by Clank himself, the David Judge Kay. of the Fourth Host. Big old six eyes, mm-hmm. and I love that they're so vast and they're not particularly. They, are huge. they don't. They don't particularly move. Like they're not very animated. Nope. And the closer you get to them, the more you realize that it's like a giant rock face that's just falling apart. Yep. And oh my god, like they are vast. And we'd seen them. Obviously, we've seen the Celestials in the MCU before. We saw them in the uh, the collectors like. So the guy into the galaxy flashback. Yeah, like he shows them the stones, but the stone of power being wielded by celestials. But you know we, it's not we... going to be good when the celestials involved because he's the only actual celestial we've met and interacted with to this point. Ego, the living exactly, planet, who was the only one born without form. Yeah, he was a mind, and now you're wondering, is that because they knew he was probably one of the bad ones? Yeah, maybe. so they were like, well, yeah, we're not giving you a form, so we created a planet of his own. But even because then, this... the, we've spent a lot of time with a celestial before that. I mean, it's dead. And it was just its head floating through space. Yeah, nowhere. Yeah. Um, but like, I love that the MCU is at the point now where like, if you go into this cold, you're just like, okay, so that's God, basically. Yeah. And the, that's God, and these are his angels, and he sent them to Earth to look yeah. after Earth. Yeah. But if you're watching the MCU and following it, you're like, right. Okay. So these things that we saw in Guardians, and then we've met one, who's obviously a bit deranged, um, turns out the Ego's plan to seed himself into the worlds isn't too dissimilar from what the Celestials do to reproduce in the, the first place. The actual life cycle of the Celestials, and by extension, the universe. Yeah, the universe that has existed for billions upon billions of years. And Earth is literally just one tiny fucking footnote in one chapter in the middle of a 28,000 volume encyclopedia. Like, it, it is an irrelevant speck in the grand scheme of things. And it's also a Celestial egg. Yeah. There is a celestial being born inside it, which and it's gonna. They take hatch. a was it, they take a billion years to 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 gestate. Basically, it's not even that. It's that they so the reason that the Eternals are sent to the planet to shepherd the population mm. and save them from the deviants because then is, when there's enough is when there's enough intelligent life yeah. on the planet and it's reached enough of a, the the celestial that's that's like the crystalline dormant, egg that's inside the core that wakes u- up. uses that energy to become and and emerge from its uh, from its hype from its gestation and i like how it's not you know we cut to a lot of people on earth going oh like being drained it's like no that's not what it is no like that's not what it does it's just that that needs to be that's the energy yeah. field that surrounds it that lets it take what it needs and then be born. Problem is, when it's born, it bursts out of the planet that it's inside, which results in the death of every living thing on that planet. Yep. But that's fine, as far as the Celestials are concerned, because that Celestial will then do what Celestials do. Create more worlds for the never-ending universe. Yep. Create suns, create planets. And that's the whole thing. It's like, no, this is just how it is. Like, the Celestials rock up, we create Solar systems. Yep. Those solar systems flourish and do their thing. And then once every billion years, we essentially impregnate a planet yep. with sentient life on it. And then that planet will eventually birth a new celestial. Yeah. Well, we, well, we send in the deviants first. Wow. Well, that's the, well, that's the, the reveal, isn't it? Like, because the deviants yeah. are also a celestial creation. They send in the deviants first to cleanse the apex predators. Yeah. To allow intelligent life to emerge and flourish. 
But because the de- they ended up the deviants ended up running out of control because they could evolve, they created the Eternals. Yeah. Specifically, not to change. Yeah. To not to not evolve and remain eternally mm. the way they were made. To kill the deviants and then shepherd. And every time a group life. of Eternals uh, is sent to a planet, they believe they've been awoken for the first time. Sent and from the planet sent Olympia. From the planet Olympia is where they're from, and they are sent down to Earth. This is their first mission. Like when they first arrive, they're talking a little, yep. little, little uh, sort of almost robotic. Robotically. And, and they that. are, well, well, yeah, because, yeah, well, um, and, and it's their first ever mission. And Ajax is the only one who actually knows the truth. Uh-huh. Which is, nah, this is like, this is like your. 2,000th, 3,000th mission. You've done this for millions of years and you have no idea. When the Celestial emerges, those Eternals are taken back to where the World Forge, where they were made, and have their memories removed and stored. Yes, so that the Celestials can use those memories in their vast library to study the universe. Um, The Celestial, the Eternals are then taken to another planet aboard uh, their next iteration of their ship. And uh, then they there's the Domo is their their vessel yep. in this, um, which looks like a really posh after eight. Uh, yep. And then they get sent down, and they're like, "Ah, it's our first mission, and we're here on behalf of of Arisham, and we're gonna look after the planet and look after its people because that's what Arisham wants." Mm. So essentially, every time it's happened, things have gone to shit, and either just before the emergence or whilst everything's floating in space, the Celestial's gone. Oh, where are my toys? Uh, there, there, got them. Cool. Okay. Put them back in there, reset them, yep. send them out later. Let's defrag them. Yep. Um, the reason why it falls apart this cycle is because Ajax deals with it a little differently. She starts because the family fractures this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it doesn't imply that she's been aware of every cycle. It's just that she's aware that this is one she of many cycles. She knows what the cycles. is, yeah. yeah. Um, so the family breaking apart... When, you know, Druig sort of quite rightly at one point is like, they are killing each other over nothing. Yeah. And then he just stops this conflict at an Aztec temple, which then later on, or a Mayan temple, which then later on in the end credits montage when you're sort of seeing different bits of history, which I thought was fucking beautiful. It is. His is this, like, this sort of godlike Aztec structure in a museum. And you realise that, oh God, that's probably an effigy of him. Yeah. Like that, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. Um, because it sort of has his bowl cut, but it's the mane of, like, the lion. And it's yeah. like, that's quite funny. Uh, uh, like, the family fractures, and she starts to regret it. And the thing that's changed it is the events of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Like, half the population vanished. So, of course, her first thought would have been, oh, shit. Like, our mission's disrupted. What the hell are we going to do? But then she sees humanity, like, dealing with it. And then bringing everyone back. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, we can't do that. Like, look at how incredible these people are. Yeah. And earlier on, like, Arisha makes point of saying, do not become attached to them. Because yeah. early in this cycle, in, in this version of the cycle, she says, like, these people have got so much. And he's like, he just interrupts. He's like, no, nope, no, don't do it. Don't get attached. And she's like, after the events of Endgame, she's like, how can I fucking not? Yeah. Look at how amazing they are. And I'm not just talking about, like, this group of people in suits and capes and everything. Like, this planet strived and survived and saved the universe. Yeah. Like, how can we do this? Um, so... And also, it turns out later on, 
not the first group of Eternals to reach that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but and not the first group of Eternals to have a connection to Thanos. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, so on this cycle, she learns of that, just speaks with Icarus, and Icarus gauges it and is like, ah, shit, I'm going to have to do that thing I really didn't want to do. Yeah. Because she, at some point over the years, as they've all fractured off, it's you see pockets of everyone's lives and the different lives they've led over the years. Yeah. Uh, and some of it gets filled into dialogue. Like, we learn that Sprite mostly lived with uh, Ajak. But then Ajak grew worried that... Um... So, so yeah, so Icarus and, and Cersei fell in love and were together for 5,000 years. And for the last 2,000, they've been separated. Yeah. And after that 2,000 years, Ajax is kind of worried that Cersei probably needs someone to be with her. Yeah. So, says to Sprite, could go to London, that's where she is, go spend some time with oh, her. Oh, she was with Kingo for a while as well. She was with Kingo for a bit, because uh, then they, yeah, they, they that was like 200 years ago, because yeah. they fell out. And, and, and yeah, so you get the sense of everyone's lives, but in that period, Ajax has sort of grown a bit closer to Icarus. Yeah. They never imply anything romantic, but it's obviously that confiding thing of they, they, he came to her for comfort. It's more of a parental relationship. Yeah. Like he, he yeah. came, he came to, he came to mama bear. Yeah. For yeah. comfort. And she has gone, I'm going to be open with you. Here's why we are really here. Here's what we are. We are basically organic synth, organic yet synthetic life forms that have been created for this. And when you see the farm of them, at the, uh, yeah, the forge, the world forge, the world forge in uh, in Cersei's vision. The fucking world forge, man. They're not. The yeah, wo- they're not the same as well. No. Like you see down the row, and it's like none of them look like the characters we've just met. No, because all Eternals will look different. Yeah. Um, and oh my god, and 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 he's she's confided in him what's going on because obviously the burden's there, and she's she's debating whether or not they need to step in and stop the emergence mm-hmm. soon. Uh, the emergence is happening sooner than she predicted because everyone came back at once. Yeah. So it was, it was like, even if it's not like the exact amount of people that are needed, it's almost like an emergency thing of yeah. we lost half of them. They're back. Now's the time. Oh, also <laughs> like this celestial is going to burst out. Of the ground I imagine the, the, the infinity stones being involved probably had something to do with that. Yeah. And also like people having kids during the blip. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. People would have, more families would have started during the blip. So when yeah. everyone returns, that might have been enough yeah. to just tip the scale. Um, and of course, by this point, he's obviously been thinking about it and going, "No, nah, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. Like if we if we let this world live, more worlds won't will not be created by the celestial that's meant to break free from this world. And I can't allow that. So even as a baddie, his POV is you're going to pr- you're. There's a massive abortion allegory in this movie. And I'm not just saying that because it looks like Kill the Moon. Yeah, yeah. With a thing, a creature coming out of a planet. Yeah. Like, there's a whole thing of you are denying life that is destined to exist. I can't allow that. Yeah. What What's the, what's the price to pay? Six billion lives is a small price to pay for the billions more that will be created. And she's like, are you fucking kidding? But like she's, yeah. she's finally come around to the other way of thinking and being like, no. Like, no. it's... You don't understand, like, because again, that's where the, this is where the abortion allegory gets messy. It's not like we're going to we're going to kill a, you know, a, a new life. It's no, these things have decided that this is how it has to be. Yeah. No, like we don't want to kill a celestial. We'll remove it. 
we'll put it to sleep. We'll find a way to teleport it out or something. But there's, we have to let the cycle continue without the death toll yeah. that it would bring. And he, Icarus is just like, oh, fuck. And there's also, the, they, they plant this little seed of maybe he feels like he should have been the leader as well. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of resentment there. Like, he it? knows that he doesn't deserve it. And he, he knows well, he doesn't deserve it when Kingo says, like, I'll follow you to the end, as I always have done. He's like, you don't know who, you don't know me. Yeah, yeah. You don't know me, because even he's like, no, like I'm not the one to be looked up to here, but I'm the one who's doing what, as far as he's concerned, yeah. and as far as yeah, Sprite yeah. is kind of concerned, though her, her judgment's coloured by the fact she's in love with Icarus. And Kingo believes what Icarus believes too. He's like, yeah, this world probably should die. I don't, I don't want it to. I like these people. Yeah. I, I like my life here. But I'm a movie star for fuck's I'm sake. I'm a movie star. I've been for five generations. Yeah. I'm fucking famous, man. But like, it should do that because that's how everything has always been. Yeah. And and but I also don't want to fight my family. So I'm gonna take a step back. I love that. I mm. freaking love that. Um, and and Druig as well. Druig is sort of on the yeah. belief of like. If you're not gonna let me interfere with everything and and for their own sake mind control Earth to be less violent, maybe the cycle should carry on. Yeah. But when Gilgamesh gets killed, and they realize that Icarus is the one who killed Ajax. Yeah. Even Druig's like, yeah, this is the wrong fucking way to do this. Yeah. Like, I will fight on the side of the argument I don't believe in, because you're doing something worse than that. Like, you are taking things yeah. even further. And there's that personal note of family between them all. Like, it's about yeah. that familial connection. But fuck's sake, Gilgamesh, like, I don't even, I can't remember if they explicitly imply the romance, but Gilgamesh spends a couple thousand years caring for Thena, who essentially has the god equivalent of Alzheimer's. Mad Weary. Mad, which is such a great fantasy name. Yeah. The idea that she's lived so many centuries, and they don't know that she's lived longer than the rest yeah, of them. Yeah. Like, uh, longer, longer than the rest well, of them think she's they not, live. Yes, yeah. But the yeah. idea is like, She's lived for, for thousands of years at this point and her mind is just kind of fracturing under the pressure of it. Yes, yeah, too, too many memories. Turns out that Mad Weary is actually the name that the Eternals have come up for, a sensation that one of them, and they've all probably gone through it at some point yeah. in previous lives, where the mind wipe has been like 95% successful and there's something in her that's fighting back. Namely, the memories of other planets. The, me- the memory of another planet they were on being destroyed during yeah. the emergence. So what we perceive as like Thena's essentially going through a form of dement like space dementia mm. is actually no. Part of her is remembering the work we have done has led to the deaths of billions. Yeah. I have to break the cycle. And it's just it's just the older personality of her yeah. trying to kill her her teammates because she's like, I've got to stop this. I have to stop this. Yeah. Whereas a current personality is like, no, I want to be me. Yeah. And it's like as someone who, who dementia runs in my family, I've seen it firsthand. That hit me like yeah. a fucking like a freight train. I was mm. like, this is oof, this is tough. This is oof. And it's and it's sort of taken of oh, it's disturbing. It's taken advantage of by the lead deviant, which is named Crow, more so just as a nod toward the yeah. deviants of the comics. Yeah. It's not it's not Crow. But it's taken advantage of by him. Uh, because, like, he sort of catches... Thena's clearly going to kill him, maybe, and he wants her power. Um, so he kind of, like, leans into the idea that he... Gilgamesh is in him now. Yeah. And sort of, like, it's really disturbing, because it's like you see her kind of leaning into the whole, like, I'm safe, I'm looked after, I'm safe, I'm looked after, and luckily she sort of snaps out of it 
at the last second slices the dude's head to pieces. Oh, that was a great moment. Mm, yeah. That was really, really cool. But, um, like, oh my God. So Gilgamesh getting killed off is, yeah, do, do they explicitly suggest a romance between them or is it more hinted? It's more hinted. Because, as, as I can remember. It, it is beautiful. And I love that she's like, thank you for looking after me. And he's like, I'd do it, I, you know, I'd, I'd do it in the next life. I'd do it for another thousand, two thousand, three thousand years. It's so sweet. Um, I love that Cersei and Icarus had a thing that kind of fell apart and now you realise it's because Icarus was getting a, an idea that there was more to this. Yes. Yeah. And and it, I, you, you wonder, what, again, they don't explicitly say it, you wonder whether or not he pulled apart from her because he realised that it was going to mean nothing one day and like it would be easier to deal with the, emer- the eventual emergence by them not being together anymore so he's almost like he's breaking them the two of them apart so he can try to rationale to himself that you'll be able to deal with it more yeah when the time comes yeah um i like the fact that he he's like he's not without a moral compass in some aspects because at the end he realizes that they're doing the right the rest of them are doing the right thing yeah but then he's like yeah i need i need to yeet myself off the board yeet. and just like his namesake flies into the fucking sun oh, close to the sun and presumably dead we don't see it but presumably dead presumably because when when uh, Arisham gathers those that are around Earth at the end he doesn't polycarus is like yeah so let's talk about where we end up yeah oh my god so so the, devi- so the deviants this are a strain of them that seemingly survived in the ice yeah and they've evolved still and the main one, the one that's labelled Crow. So in the comics, the Deviants are also Eternals, but they're like the fucked up versions. Yeah. They're, what, they're the versions that were created that were kind of... Um, like their, their programming was wrong. Yeah. So instead of um, instead of being able to thingy change matter, they've kind of evolved in these weird uh, offshoot kind of ways. Yeah. And as a result, they feel rejected once they learn of their existence. Some of them... Some of them follow this celestial known as the uh, the dreaming celestial. They like follow that as their god. Yeah. Be like, right, what do yeah. you want us to do? Some of them like crow form their own factions and face off against Eternals. And their thing essentially is that they they can kind of lean into their own power. Some of them took the power of like power absorption. Yeah. In the film, the deviance has been simplified into the apex predator form. So they they are just these creatures that are sort of living sinew that can change and evolve. Some get wings, some get tails, some can burrow, some can scatter. The bug-like ones are freaking weird looking. Ooh. There's that one that's sort of like a like a a bull, like a bull or a, or a rhinoceros and it's got like two sets of lower legs yeah. and these big lanky arms. Yeah. Oh, they're so visually interesting. Um, yeah, they and the are. main, the main one, the one that's labeled Crow, uh, the Bill Skarsgård voices, uh, it evolves to absorb the powers of Eternals. Mm. So, it is respond. It, it is the one that kills Ajax, but it's because Icarus throws her down to be killed by it. Yes. Um, so he takes her healing power, which is how they start to realize that wait, something's wrong with the Deviants. Once it absorbs Gilgamesh, it's got two of them. So by that point, it's starting to break down the, the source code memory kind of yeah and it knows because of what it got from ajak yeah that this is wrong yeah and that it's like we are literally we have both been created to kill each other yes well i i've been created to kill you've been created to kill us it's an endless cycle of violence i'm just gonna kill you guys yeah so so the trailers tease that that's the villain the reason they teased it is because he ain't no 
it's just another antagonistic force they have to deal with, but it's dealing with its own pain. Yeah. And I love that. It feels pain for the deviants. You realise that, yeah, these are living creatures. Yeah. They've been thrown into this as well. Fuck, this is really horrible. It's a, it's a, it's a very complex, moral, morally, morally complex film. And that's what's wonderful about yeah. it, because it means the Celestials have been playing chess with the universe. Yes. For forever. These aren't the first Eternals to break their cycle. Nope. We meet one more. In the So, the film ends with everyone... Well, so... Icarus, everyone's everyone's a good terms. King, uh, Icarus is dead. It's presumably. Yeah. Flies into the sun. Um, uh, Makari. Ma- yeah, Makari, Druig, and Athena leave on a repaired version of, of the, the Domo, Domo. Um, to go into the stars. The um, Domo, in- interestingly, which looks like... Like a really posh after eight, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big stone triangle that hangs in the air. To borrow a phrase from Douglas Adams, hangs yeah. in the air in exactly the way that bricks don't. Yeah. Um, um, Kingo uh, takes care. I guess he feels guilty. Takes care yeah, of Sprite, takes Sprite in. Uh, and leaves with sends her to school. Yeah. She's got to go to school now because she's human now. Because because yeah. uh, uh, you she know, I think he harnessed the, the powers. Have the powers. I don't, I don't, age. I don't know if she does, based solely off the fact that, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Freaking, uh, she's we'll pulled. She's we'll pulled. Yeah. Um, and again, she goes off with Kingo and Karoon, who is the Alfred Pennyworth to Kingo's Batman. Like Batman, you can actually oh, Batman, say that. Like Superman. Alfred to Batman. Alfred to Batman, and we get freaking Superman references, like yep. flat out Clark Kent name drop. I don't wear a cape. I don't wear a cape. It's like, should I call you Clark now? Is that, is that how we're gonna do this? <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, Karun is amazing. He's an MVP. The actor who plays him is Harish Patel, Harish who's Patel. been in a mix of like he's, yeah, Western well, yeah, stuff, character but he's actor, yeah, character yeah. actor who is like essentially a reliable character actor who's been used throughout like Bollywood and and Asian cinema in particular, but has popped up here and there in a lot of Br- yeah. British stuff, especially. Yeah. Um, he's been in a lot of British comedy films in the last twenty years, where like Run, Fat Boy, Run, and Keith Lemon yeah. the movie and things like that. But he's he shines in this. He is. He's, he's one of those characters so where, good. He's and I love the idea that he's been yeah. with Kingo since he was like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's in his like sixties, and he's just he's but still looking after him. The idea that he's, he's one of those characters who pops up, and you think, oh, he's going to be the plucky comic relief character, and the same thing with Kingo. Yeah, like, he him the and then actually has some of the most impactful emotional moments in the film, mm. like the, like the, the, like him and Kingo leading the funeral for Gilgamesh. Yes. Oh yeah, and and then, and then when Kingo chooses to leave, like Karun goes with him and kind of just looks back at them and he just says like, "Thank you for everything you have done for humanity." Yeah. It was an honor. Yeah. And, and he's he is he's crying like yeah. he's he's just because he's he's. He's heard these stories and he's spent time with this really funny, egotistical, immortal dude. And now he gets to meet these legends that he's been told about. Yeah. Legends which Kingo is totally fine flouting at this point because they're making a superhero oh, movie yeah. called, like, Icarus. The Legend of Icarus. The Legend of Icarus. It's the third part of a trilogy. Um, <laughs> it was the first part of a trilogy. Because that's the whole thing. He's like, he's, with, got a, he's got a deal for three pictures. With Kingo playing Icarus. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm you! What do you think of the costume? It's, it's so like, oh, good. God, it's like, so fucking good. Um... Um, uh, so yeah, uh, 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 freaking um, Billy Humhey. Uh, so Sprite goes with all the names. Yeah, and then uh, Fastus goes back to be with his husband and kid. Yeah, and and like have their family. I love the fact yep. that they all kind of the last place they go before everyone goes their separate ways. They go to Ajax's house and like, all hang out together. Yeah, and just hang out together for a bit and have food and, yeah. and you know. Um, so th- three of them go off to space. 
Fina Macari and... Fina, uh, Fina Macari and Druig. Druig. Um, Fastus uh, goes back to his family. Uh, Kingo goes back to making films, presumably. Yeah, Sprite off to school. Uh, Sprite off to school. Uh, uh, and Cersei goes back to... Cause she's, a te- she's a teacher yeah. in London. She, she works at the, the Natural History Museum and, and goes back to Dane Whitman... Uh, Carrington, who's, who's been trying to get her to move in with him, and is she's been she's been yeah, yeah. like now he knows she's like an immortal. Well, he knew something. Was he up. says like I'm just upset you're not a, a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> he, at the start is like he knows something's up. Of course he's upset. She's not um, a fucking wizard. I've just realised what the wizard joke is because he says that like, you're a wizard, like Doctor Strange. Yeah, but no, it's a fucking Merlin reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, um, so it's <laughs> just hit me now. I'm like, of course he's obsessed with wizards. He clearly knows that there's something going on. Because once you won't agree to move in with them, despite having been together presumably for a while, um, and he asks her straight up, he's like, are you a wizard? And you think he's joking, but then... <laughs> he's like, Sprite realize, has been dropping hints. Yeah, like, Sprite's been telling him everything. Yeah. But he just thinks she, he, just, he just thinks she's being a kid and being weird. Yeah. Um, her, oh, God, her, her thing is handled so well. Yeah, yeah. Because like they don't they don't obviously go into graphic detail on what she's on about, but they talk about the fact that she's been a child for 7,000 years. Yeah. She has watched the rest of them live adult lives yeah she cannot do that even though she's exactly the same as them yeah inside yeah and and they really played that the very first thing you see of her in the she, modern day yeah, is yeah. a girl being flirted with at the club by this guy and he starts to get a little sort of um personal spacey and she's like i think you've had a bit too much drink um i'll you know i'll, well, I'll he... see you another time and off she goes oh yeah she sort of phases through the yeah he goes to, 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 to put his hand on hers and he goes through her hand yeah that's what triggers it and she leaves and drops this form of an adult yeah. woman you sort of like in that moment you're like okay that was a creepy interaction yeah. but also oh, get, oh god yeah of course she's, yeah. she can't pursue these things because she's a child she's a child oh my god this is oh that's a imagine that bird like, that's, that's the whole thing yeah. of like imagine being immortal like the vampire argument imagine being immortal but you're stuck at the exact age that you were when you became interview with a vampire. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, but you know here it's not a creepy um, Kirsten Dunst. No. Um, uh, so yeah, so, so it's so, it's an endearing Liam McHugh who then becomes creepy later when she's like, yeah, I'll be the sidekick to the villain. Let's go. So when when <laughs> then when things are revealed to him, he takes it remarkably well. And, and then, she goes off to do an adventure, and there's a great one where they're they're having a phone, they're having a FaceTime later on, and he's that. like, "You sure you're not a wizard?" <laughs> um, and he's and this and she's sort of dealing with her remaining feelings for Icarus and mm. they're just like oh. but the way, the way then, they use that little canyon as a, as a bookmark yeah. a bookmark to like when their relationship begins yeah. and then where like, first sex scene in the MCU first sex scene in the MCU very tasteful very tasteful yeah it's beautifully done it's, nothing it's, below the waist nothing below the waist it's nothing gratuitous don't worry if you've got young kids and thinking of taking them it's, it's honestly it's not gonna it's very it's very loving it's not gonna um, affect them and it's like it makes you realise remember there was an argument a while ago the Star Wars sequel series oh, it's yeah, like they yeah. are sexless movies they are and you're like movies. I oh god yeah like no one really like the, the which is why we, we gravitated so much toward Oscar Isaac and and, um, I, I, and John Boyega's chemistry in the first one because it was like oh a hint of romance Christopher and it made you realise the Marvel films are kind of the same. Due to the um, due to the presence of children in the household this weekend, I was forced to endure Rise of Skywalker again. I'm so sorry. And it just made me even madder that <laughs> they introduced Zori just so they could pair up Poe with her and not have Poe and Finn fuck. Yeah. They have they have the the lesbian kiss mm-hmm. in like the the mm. fleeting glimpse of the, oh look at those representation fleeting lesbian kiss and then but then Poe and Finn are right there and they 
don't smooch. Yeah. This one, get a full on game man kiss. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Like, not dysfunctional, supportive, healthy, homosexual relationship as parents. Mm. Good stuff. So, anyway. So his husband's name, so I'm just going to look it up before I forget. Uh, his husband ben, is ben, called... ben? Uh, ben, yes. Ben. And I love the fact that Ben is like immediately like, go with them. Yeah. Fastest is like, fucking... I love the fact that he's been... He, he's separated himself from all of it because he takes a look at Hiroshima and he's like, this is my well, fault. The, the implication being that he was involved in the Manhattan Project. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Holy fuck. But I love the fact that, that Ben at that moment goes like, go with them. And he's like, I'm not doing it. He's like, do it. It's like, I don't like it. I don't want you yeah, to. Yeah, but you got to do it. But it's the right thing. Yeah. And I love the idea that those those of them that have ingratiated themselves in normal lives, like, have, have shared it with yeah, someone. they have people who understand what they are, mm. which is kind like of the, the, where, the moment Icarus and, yeah. and Cersei rock up at the end of the driveway and he's like, oh, these are my friends from college, he says to his son, while his husband clearly gives him a look, but it's like, no, these are, no. These are, these are, these yeah. are the rest of your family. Like it's, it's just one glance of like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Yeah, like, yeah. this is them. Yeah, it, I love that. Um, but yeah, so they all go back to lives and Cersei's having a conversation with Dane and Dane's like, see, here's the thing. I've kind of got a bit of a family history as well. I yeah. think we should, cards on the table, we should probably talk about it. And uh, <laughs> the more discerning out there might be like, that's a bit of a cosmic coincidence. But it's like, yeah. to be fair, they both work at the Natural History Museum. Yep. They're both like archaeological history buffs. Yeah. It's totally viable that he would have hold of an ancient thing that, and there's a reason why he's into that stuff. It's because he's studying his family. Well, she gets him I'm a gift, doesn't she? That's like middle ages. Yeah, like... it's his family insignia on a yeah. ring. Like, I'm a very good. E- I'm a very good eBayer. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. But before he can explain himself, freaking um, Asherum turns Asherum up. Asherum turns up in the in the sky. Fuck me, that's so cool. It's that was so cool. Just... And takes Kingo. Faustus and, and Cersei off Earth and is like, right, you say that they're incredible, this this planet, and they're worth saving. Yep. You're coming back with me so I can study your memories and see the proof. And just takes them away. And then I'm going to be back to judge the planet. Yeah. So you're like, wait. <laughs> what? So they may never get, they may never go home. They might now just be taken away and be like, right, well, thanks for your memories. Put you back in storage. Yep. Or they might get returned. We don't know. Like, because he says as well, I tried to find your your the others, mm. but they're gone. Like I will find them. Mm. So he knows that the Domo's out there with the other three. Uh, let's talk about our. F- let's talk about the, the post credit scene. Yeah, because that's the l- one with the least to unpack, really. Yeah. So the post credit scene, the the second of the stingers. Yeah, the one that's after the credits is Dane. Going to retrieve the fucking ebony blade. Yeah, it doesn't name it. Doesn't name it. It's in. It's in its box. It's it got the wrapped, curse written on the lid. It is wrapped in bandages, soaked yeah. in blood. And when he puts his hands near it, it mo- modern day Marvel fans, your yeah. filthy King in Black fans, like it moves. It's like it's like it's like, it's like living it was tissue. Like, it, was, it was iron filings to a magnet, which is a nice way to yeah. go. Look, we know that it might be symbiote in origin. But we can't do that. Yeah. So we're going to sort of give a bit of a visual nod to that. But just fucking go with it. It's like, good. Keep cool, it separate. Cool. Please do keep it separate for the love of fuck. And, um, um, but that's so cool. And he's gearing himself up. You get the sense that he's never touched this thing. No, he can't have done. Because he's, he doesn't... Because he's, he's not the Black Knight yet. You know. 
Fucking yes, he's we're actually doing yet. it. So Dane but, Whitman is a character from the comics who's the black fucking knight. But, he's a Stanley creation from the timely era. What spurred him on? Swords and sorcery. What spurred him on to take up the black to take up the ebony blade? Well, Cersei getting nicked. Cersei's getting nicked. So he's like, stolen from right, Earth. well, he's like, time I, to do this. I'm then. not an Avenger, but I might be able to yeah. do something. Here we go. And that's when a voice from off camera says you really sure you want to do this Mr. Whitman and it's not the voice is not credited the voice is not credited but some internet research has shown that it is in fact Mahershala Ali playing Blade yeah boy <laughs> yes mate so we not only have the ebony blade we have we've got Blade we've got Blade <laughs> like Blades in regular the Blade um, um, which means the direction they're going to go because we talked about this before the podcast like, yeah I was always thinking about they're doing Blade Blade's not got a definitive like this is the film this is what it's called and this is when it's coming out but we know that it's in pre-production yeah. we know it's been in development for a couple of years yeah. Covid stalled it a little bit more yeah. than they were planning yeah. but it's happening um, <laughs> I was always like how are they going to do Blade in the MCU because the MCU is ultimately yes it pushes the envelope a little bit but they're going to be doing Deadpool 3 the old ah yes but it's not necessarily an MCU uh, movie like it's, it's set in the MCU yeah, yeah. but they're not it's not part of Phase okay, 4 it's, it's tricks you know isn't it when you start De- doing Deadpool, things like that. Deadpool is the movie equivalent of what the Netflix shows were. Mm, I suppose. It's like it's set yeah. in the MCU, but it ain't something that the kids need no, to watch. No, no, no. And it isn't going to be pivotal to any of the events of the main like phase. Um, it's just going to rely on that phase for its own jokes, its own plot line, etc. But like, I was thinking that. I was like, how can you do Blade? Because obviously Blade is vampires, horror, like you know the gothic terrors that wait in the universe beyond everyone's reach and the things that are in the shadows preying on people like how are you going to do blade well here's a way to fucking do it lean more into the idea of the mythology side of the marvel universe like you know vampires and demons and the black knight and merlin and magic and so i wouldn't be surprised if blade's introduction is what is the is the continuation of the eternal story yeah. or blade is in the continuation of the eternal story and that follows into his solo yeah. flick or solo film or whether or not blade it's not going to be necessarily blade as a film it's more blade as a thor ragnarok kind of vehicle where he's the central character amongst all the shit that's going on yeah um i'd be fine with that Dane Whitman being a Blade sidekick. The Black Knight being the Black Knight being Blade sidekick would be fucking brilliant. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I... Oh, that's tasty. Mid-credits. More confusing, but also tasty. More is the mid-credits. Yeah. So we've got... We, we cut to the Domo yeah. several weeks after the events of the film. Yeah. And we learn that the plan is, for even though they're all separate... They're gonna keep in touch. Yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna check in on each other yeah, from time yeah. to time. Because they one thing they learned from the story is we really should have been looking out for each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this also, happened. They can unimind. Now. They can unimind. Exactly. That's how they defeat. That Tiamat. is a ridiculous name. Look, they, okay, they, I'm brainstorming. <gasps> brainstorm. So we're not calling it. <laughs> they they unimind together and so, so they pour they, they tried to pour the power into Druig so we can put Tiamat to sleep yeah the, the eternal at the centre of the earth but which then, is nice because I didn't realise at the time that is a reference to an established eternal in the comic books yes. Tiamat um, um, but so that doesn't work and can partly because Icarus gets involved but also because maybe Druig's not quite powerful enough and also it's only a short term solution <laughs> so um, yeah because in the end Cersei has to yeah Cersei turns Tiamat to stone yeah 
as, af- after she realizes it, because that's the thing, isn't it? After Earlier she starts on, to emerge, she's a half emerged or, or partially emerged uh, a deviant into a tree. Yeah, turns a deviant into a tree, which is fucking terrifying. Um, and that's where they're like, "You can do that." She's like, yeah. "No," but well, since yeah. I guess since the the thing inside Ajax, like the 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 sort of the signal that helps yeah. connect her she's to got more energy to the celestials, has given her a bit of a boost. So this is and the energy of the emergence and the unimind. Basically, Cersei's powers are turned up to. 11,000 million yeah yeah and, and she turns to celestial stone and uses the residual as she's coming down to, to give turn, sprite to the life sprite she wants human, and make yeah. her human um but yeah so so like she turns it to stone yeah um the unimind is still sort of in them they're connected enough yeah at yeah. least technologically yeah. they can they can commune yeah. they can't get hold of kingo uh Faustus or or cersei yeah so as they start to worry what the fuck is going on because um, they're out there looking for other Eternals to show them what they know to, show, to and, tell and them what they know and them show them the it. truth. Yeah, and I love the fact as well that like the Domo now is very much. Um, oh God, who, who's our fast? Who's our fast Eternal? What's her name? Makari. 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 That's the one name I keep forgetting. Yeah. Um, I love that it's basically sort of Makari's den. Like, yeah. She spent the yeah, last yeah. couple hundred years, at the very least, stealing cool shit. Well, when, and they, when in they, the Domo, when they turn up at the Domo, the it's a dream calls them Miss Havisham. Yes, and um, she's like, "Are we re- are we are we going home? Yeah, we're we going home now." Like you can tell she just got bored. Yeah. So occasionally she like pisses off to the surface, steals some shit she likes, yeah. and takes it back, and has a bit of a den, and is just waiting there impatiently for them to show up. She has Excalibur, not the Ebony Blade, not the Ebony Blade, which is yes. That, mm-hmm. Also on the on the Black Knight thing, so the original Black Knight was Dane Whitman's uncle, and he was a villain. Yes. Yeah. They, they're mentioning uh, as part when she knows that the world's ending. Cersei mentions to Dane that he should make amends with his uncle, with his estranged uncle that he's been meaning to yes. do for us. Yes. So yeah. there is that mm, little 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 seedling. Because um, Dane is the third Black Knight chronologically, yeah. isn't he, in the comics yeah, that we yeah. spent time. There's one who was like around in the oldie medieval times. Yes. And then there's his and uncle, the villain, who's the super Knight. villain, and then he's the, the modern day one. Um, and then and, and yeah, so they're like, we okay, we need to make some formal contact, and that's when. Something makes contact with them. Pip, Pip the fucking troll. Very, very drunk CGI Pip the troll, voiced by Patton Oswalt. I can't. Yeah, I kind of hope. I'll be honest. That was the first effect of the movie. Where I went. I think you could do this better. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he looked a bit like a it's CGI creation. It's a bit too creation. much, isn't it? It's a mm. bit too much. There's got to be. A, there's got to be a midpoint. But then again, Thanos looks like a weird puppet creature at the end of Avengers. Yeah. By the time he's a main character, he looks, he looks phenomenal. Great. So it's like, okay, give them time. But Pip the fucking troll. Who is the hype man for? The fucking hype man for Star Fox. But he was not called Star Fox. No, in this. not yet. He's using his proper name. Yeah. Eros. Eros. Uh, Eros of Titan. An Eternal of Titan mm. and brother of Thanos. They explicitly say brother of Thanos. Does mm. that imply that Thanos was an Eternal? Well, in the comics, what's the, what's the what's the haps? Because Thanos is a deviant. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Well, there we are. Or he has the deviant gene. Yeah, which would explain the nature to, um, if not tear things apart, definitely dominate yeah. and be on top of everyone and and lead there's a pack mentality that comes with the apex predator thing what does thanos do attract followers that are like yeah i'll, I'll follow yeah. you to the ends of the universe um which would explain the black order the children of thanos because they're yeah. like yeah absolutely like we're nasty bastards but he's the bastard we're gonna listen to absolutely boss um that's stuff that they could tease later but yeah i love that basically eros rocks up and he's like hey so 
I've been trying to do what you're doing too. Yeah. Uh, and there's I've some got shit my, that needs... I've got my eternal communication orb here. Yeah. There's some shit that needs sorting out. Let's work together. Uh, he also... We don't see any creepy pheromone emotion bending powers, but we do see that he's got a bit of a ladies' man vibe about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because he immediately flirts with Fina. And also it's like, Harry you're, Styles, you're so flirt- And it's Harry Styles, handsome, so of yeah. course they've got Harry Styles flirting with the older woman. Um, he looks great. He does look great. Very Shazam costume. Yeah. But I don't hate it. They've added the cape to the to the Star Fox. They've mostly kept the Star Fox looking tacked of like... Because mm. he's, he's, like, the... he's had like little cloaks sometimes, yeah. but he's never had like the cape. Yeah, and it kind of yeah. makes it look a bit less weird. Because the, the sort of mm. skin tight bodysuit with the red and the white and the peak shoulders looks odd without the cape. He, with the cape, it looks more like a superhero costume. He's not got the, the Wolverine hair flicks, but he has no. got very curly hair. Yeah. Very short curly hair. Yeah. Um... He he only gets a few lines, and I can't quite tell yet if it. And I know Kano Harry Styles is a performer; he's an actor. Yeah. I can't quite tell yet if it was just a original Guardians and Guardians two kind of. Oh, this is a really fun little yeah. nod, or whether or not this would be a good performance to be a main cast member and an ensemble cast member in a future film. But between that mid credit scene. And the post credit scene, during the credit roll, we get a The Eternals Will Return. The Eternals Will Return. So. Somehow. Star Fox is in the sequel? Pip the Troll is in the sequel? I'm trying to think what other films we've got coming up that are space based. It's it's not going to be Guardians 3 related. No. I thought it might be. Because I think if it's Guardians 3 related, um, then you're dealing with. James Gunn would have to juggle way too much. And I... already James Gunn is jugg- juggling the fact that um, Thor, Love and Thunder will have happened between yeah. between yeah. them now. And, all, and, and also, one of the Guardians has been taken off the fucking table. Yeah. Although I know I, I know Zoe Zoldana's in the film. So it's like, yeah. where are they going with this? Thor, Love and Thunder's an interesting shout. Yeah. I don't know if they'll... I don't know if they'll... We would have known. Well, we know... Th- mm. Well, here's the thing. So, speculation... Just pure thingy. Yeah. The ebony blade, we now know, yeah. was an ancient weapon that's existed like for thousands of millennia. Yeah. Um, because of the recent stuff with the King in Black, we know that it may or may not also don't, be. No, 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 listen, listen. No. We know, we know, no, no, mm. this is where it ties in. Oh, I see where you're going, yeah. We know that it may or may not be born of the time of certain battles and and stakes and claims throughout the universe. Forget, I'm I'm not talking specifically about the fact that it may or may not be symbiote or whatever, but there is another weapon from that period and time that we know is symbiote, but but before we knew it was symbiote, we just knew it as as this weapon, this blade. All black, the Necro Sword, the the Anaya Blade, Slicer of what? Which which ends up in the hands at one point of Gore the Good Butcher. Gore the, the Good Butcher. Gore the Good Butcher is great. Very Good Butcher. Not giving up some great sausage. Gore the, the Good butcher, butcher, who we know is in Thor: Love and Thunder, played by Christian Bale. Um, yes. In the comic, again, this is why I'm not getting too. Like, I'm not saying this is where they're going with it because that's complicated as fuck. But in the comics, you know that he got that from what we eventually learned was Null of Clintar, the birth of the symbiotes, the creature of darkness from before the creation of the universe. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. But the point is, I they see, are starting yeah, to yeah, introduce yeah. ancient weaponry from like the dawn of creation. Like they're, mm. they're leaning into that now, so maybe Thor and Thunder is a connection with Gore being in it. Maybe are we maybe that yeah. is where the tie-in's going to be. 
Um, maybe the next Eternals related movie is going to be a Thor offshoot. Fantastic or, Four. Or fa- mm, I think that's a bit too heavy for their They're first outing. Celestials, though, true, but for their first outing, that might be a bit yeah, too heavy. That's true. That's then true. again, their first outing is 2024 in the MCU. And uh, and if it ain't out on the fourth of April, they're missing a fucking trick. Fourth and, of April, 2024. And they uh, oh my god! But if 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 that's their first out in, that's not to say that their second wouldn't be twenty twenty six, which is not conceivably too far away to do your Eternal sequel. Don't you make me feel fucking old, mate. No, but like that would be that would be five years between the re- release of the Eternals as it ended up happening. And then... And I will be 38 years which old. Which is a pretty same age as Gemma Chan is right now. Our leading lady was a lady in her late 30s. I dig it. Fucking good. <laughs> good. And, in and fact, all of our big female head. leads, yeah. like the, um, sort of the names on the posters, are ladies in their 30s, 40s and 50s. Yeah. Well fucking done. Uh, biggest well done, of course, to Chloe Zhao, because holy shit. Yeah. Like, this film looked fantastic. She was the uh, story... Oh, she was the, one of the... She was the lead screenplay credit... Yeah. ...on a story... Uh, based on a story that was conceived by Ryan Furpo and Kaz Furpo, both of which also have a writing credit alongside Pat Burley. Uh, it takes yeah. a lot of... Not plot inspiration, but certainly tonal inspiration points from Neil Gaiman's Eternals miniseries from 2006. Yeah. Um, and... Tell me you were proud as fuck when at the end it was like inspired uh, based on the comic creations by Jack Kirby. And that was the solo fucking credit. Yeah. Comic credit. Because like obviously a lot of the ones we've seen so far, Jack Kirby's been co-credited and like Steve Ditko's been co-credited and, you know, um, Simon and Schuster, like people have been co-credited here yeah. and there. Um, you know, uh, Len Wein, everybody. Like, people have had credits here and there, but Stan Lee's been the recurring one. I think this is the very first one where it has been based on comics created by Jack Kirby, full stop. Yep. And it's like, that was really cool to see. King Kirby. King Kirby. The Jack the fucking king, smoking his cigar like a motherfucker, just chomping down on that bastard, churning out 85 issues a day. Like, it, his I life depended on it. Love it. Even when he didn't have to meet freaking deadlines, he was just working on shit. Yeah. His Perfect. own shit that he would then go, hey, DC. Yeah. Print this. Call it New Gods. This guy's Dark Side, and this is that, and this is the fucking granny goodness. It's gonna be great. Oh, you don't. Oh, I'm not allowed to carry on. Cool. Marvel. Do you remember me? Do you remember I made a shitload of money? I've got this idea. It's called Celestials and Eternals. Let's go. It's just like oh, you love to see it. Love to see it, and I love to see it. Credit to him. I really dug it. I really dug it. I I want more, but I I'm, want more. I want more, but I'm happy to wait. Yeah. Like um. We've got plenty of things in the meantime. Let's did you know? Did you notice that the Vision graphic in the Marvel Studios logo at the beginning, that that one Division bit they've used in the last few productions, was gone. Mm. It was Shang Chi. It was a close up of Shang. So we're starting that phase now of these are the stars. These going are the forward. new people. These, these are the, the new peeps. These are the new peeps. Don't read their Reddit history. These are the new peeps. Um, Cersei, Shang Chi, Black Knight. That's an Avengers Black lineup Knight. I can get behind. Oh my god, Ms. Marvel. We're getting we're getting Avengers lineups from like the eighties when no one was buying the fucking book. We'd love to see. And it. we we are excited for <laughs> this is so weird. You know what I'm excited for? The end of this podcast! Yeah, you gotta go home and get some food, man. Yeah. Uh have you seen Eternals yet? If you've listened to all of this, I fucking hope you have. Uh, yeah. Big damn contact at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. We will also accept tweets in the form of cash, uh, or yeah. cash in the form of tweets at Big Damn Cast. Uh, you can support the show monetarily, keeping it on the airwaves. And the more support we get, the more extra features we're gonna start churning out in the new year. Patreon.com slash big damn cast. Mm. Uh, and above all else, you can make us proud by just 
Look after yourself, our kid. Make daddy proud. Don't say that. <laughs>